Welcome to episode 333 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty guys, welcome along to episode 333 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Ives. How you go, mate? I am good, Bevan, and you? You're loving it, aren't you? Because we've, yeah. we've got the ears back on again. Got the Mac now. He's got the Mac. You don't hear this big, loud computer, this mainframe-sounding computer in the background. <laughs> we had to have a whole room for his old computer, I tell you. He's got the 15-inch Mac, so MacBook yeah. Pro, so he's loving that. Yeah. And we're back in the studios. Yep, got a bit of building going on next door. Yeah, we, we chopped down the trees a little bit so that the view's better again. Oh, very nice. Yeah, just, yeah. We did that for you. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate so, it. So I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by? Coffeesofhawaii.com. Um, get it because it, it's so good. Athlinks.com. Just tell your friends how good you are. And Extreme Endurance. And then that will happen because you've taken Extreme Endurance. See what I did there? You might. Yeah, I'm quite happy with that one. And today's show, what have we got happening? We've got a bit of news. We've got an age group of the week. We're going to do a code of recap. Well, I think we need to. Really? Yeah, there's a few well, things to go over. 20 hours content. Yeah, no, just a couple of things I want to go over. Okay. Um, and then we've got an interview with Gordo. An interview with Gordo. What's, what's that about? It is going to be on having a two-year training cycle versus a one-year training cycle. Oh. Mm. Why? You'll find out later. Good work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so news. We're going to start off with some news and the news... Well, John's leading with a big piece of news. So the wow. Ironman website has changed, and, and then we've been disappointed by it straight away. That's all I've got, Bevan. I haven't actually been disappointed. You have. There just seems to be an article that I reference to um, that we'll talk about in a moment that doesn't seem to be there anymore. But in general, the old Ironman site that they launched, I think maybe this time last year at, at Ironman, it was just rubbish. It was hard to find things, wasn't it? You'd go to, the, go to a race, you'd go to you know, events, and you find the race. It didn't even have the event website on there. It yeah. was just bizarre. But anyway... They've, launched, they've upped their game and they've got a new website and I think it looks fantastic. You know, so got, but what about, like, because it looks one thing, but what about navigation and uh, much better? Yeah, you know, well, for me, when I go in there and I've got to find events, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to look under events and then all the events you can search by area, by date, um, and it's got results directly linked to there. It's got status. It's got event um, website. It's pretty simple stuff, I know, but it's, it's all there and you can uh, just a lot easier to find events. Um, they've also got a bit more on um, the history of the sport, you know, via the homepage. Um, they've got they're really upping their ante in terms of their Facebook, uh, not Facebook, um, YouTube, YouTube, and creating more content on there. So yeah, I, I don't know why they weren't able to get to this before, but it's um, it's a good site now. It's looking good. What, what do you want from an Ironman website, John? You know, like because they do do a little bit of content and uh, and obviously it's going to be kind of skewed in their direction you know to, to make themselves look good which is fair enough um, but what do you th- what do you think people want from a website well i think they've broken it down really nicely they've got coverage events rankings news lifestyle store pretty pretty straightforward for me as a user i want news to see you know, what's going on what's uh, what pros are racing where they're still very weak in that area um the rankings, I haven't even looked at the rankings, but easy, just easy to find events. You know, you go in here, I want to do a race in Asia, and I want to do it in the middle of the year. Pretty straightforward. Good old Nick from TriJuice does a good job with that with old TriMapper, which is uh, yep. non-WTC stuff, but no, I don't know. What about you, Bevan? What do you want from it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'd go back to this regularly, but I'm just looking at the lifestyle section here, and I've got some articles up about some age groupers and all that kind of stuff, so you know what? 
yeah, moving in the right direction. It's all good. I, I haven't, I can't judge as a side. I haven't spent that much time on it. But other Iron Man, obviously, news. they've got some feedback, guys. Yes, that's good. Other Iron Man news. What's been happening? What's been happening is the Iron Man coverage was on at the weekend um, on NBC. And I posted a little post on Facebook to see what people thought because Bevan, neither Bevan and I have uh, had a chance to see it yet. And some people weren't happy. They said it's worse. Um, some people said it was a bit better. Some people said that they focused too much on, you know, like Rooney and Crowey. It was going to be the big, and Macca, it was going to be the big Macca and Crowey. And it seems like they went down that path. And when it didn't happen, they thought, well, we're going to go down this path anyway. Um, but maybe that's just because, because, you know, like we talked to Trish before, you know, we did the interview with Trish, which you guys heard. And she was saying they, they've been following these guys around for like a week, mm. getting lots and lots of content. Which, you know, if you follow someone around for a week and you probably only need 15 minutes content, or not even that, uh, yeah, there's only so many people can follow. And it's one of the downfalls of our races, really, isn't it? Like, you're going to turn up to an ITU race, you're going to follow, follow the Brownleys, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And there's a pretty good chance they're going to do well in a race. Whereas an Ironman, even though Crowley and Mecca have been quite dominant over the last five years, it's still Ironman, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. and this year proved that, you know, strange things happen. Well, not strange things, but, you know, it doesn't always go to script. And, uh, so, so Michael, Michael Johnson, he's posted up a, a copy of the um, <laughs> coverage v- via um, a file transfer company. I don't know if it'll still be up there or not. I tried downloading it, but it was like about a gig in size, so I sort of paused that. Um, upgrade. Telstra's got a good upgrade at the moment. Okay. Yeah, I've just done it, like 200 gigs a month. Um, Patrick Chalmers says, says it's better, I think. Now it's um, about the race. Uh, should the, the should They should do a little piece on the age group race, though. And that was a theme a few people came through with. They want to see more age groupers. And I don't know whether the mass public would care so much. Uh, would like, they say they want to see the age group racing or uh, more of the, I, the stories? I think more of... of Regular age group racing because they apparently they still had plenty of stories in there. You know, you sob stories, which is all good stuff um, to a degree. Uh, they had that it sounds like they were better, much better at covering the pro race, but they didn't really cover the age group race, which I can understand. Well, Steve Crossman's got uh, better and worse, if that's possible. Better pro coverage and insight and less Terry stuff. Good in my book. Still room to improve age group coverage and the general sense NBC gives to age groupers being an entire field of cancer survivors. Oh, that's really interesting. I'd like to see more post-race stuff. Um, Enter I am talk boys. Exactly. Um, The most age group, FOP, I'm not sure what that means. Front of pack. Oh, okay, people... Uh, like a uh, bit of coverage on the top fivers and the age groupers. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Scott Moish, uh, John, your prayers have been answered. They covered the race this year. Nice. Wow. We got Dave Fish, Equifon yeah. champion. Yes. Yes. Uh, better because less of the slow motion shots. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, a couple of people said that they, they thought it was a lot worse. I'm just going to try to. Where's Little has got worse. Great idea, including the pre-race stuff. But rather than giving people a feel for the atmosphere, it turned into a Crowley and Rooney show. For some reason, with the exception of a few bits of Marino, they didn't talk to any of the Europeans. Stephanie Russell Granlin, the beginning was extremely slow. I was hoping for two hours of race coverage, but with all the intros and background info, it was probably only an hour of actual race coverage. So, John, what I'm really curious about with this one is that, you know, for us in our world, every time, you know, for us, you know, especially you in particular, you've never really liked the coverage because you've always, well, you've mm. always been frustrated by the fact that it's not really a, a story about the pro race. And, and you and I haven't seen this, so we can't really judge it that much. But every year, if Joe ever sits down and watches the Ironman World Championships with me, she loves mm. it. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Every year it's like, wow, this is amazing. And it captivates the public. So my question is, sure, maybe for us getting the pros in there, that's a cool story and maybe showing the races better. But did they even need to change? Because it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's not for triathletes, is it? I agree. I, I would say, you know, instead of having a two-hour show, I would have thought it would have been better to have a one-hour show, which I think that's what they used to do, um, which is your, your NBC one-hour stock standard coverage, as they've done in the past. And then why not have an hour-and-a-half, two-hour show that you produce for, I don't know, ESPN or, or a sports show, which is the race? And that then there might be an avenue more for focusing a bit more on the age groupers because, yeah, if you go and put a full-on pro race on NBC – your average audience is going to be somewhat interested, but they're probably not going to watch it, the whole thing. Whereas if you put that on ESPN or Sky Sports New Zealand or Sky Sports in the UK, people are going to watch that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why. I don't, wouldn't have thought it's that hard. Well, yeah, and we can't judge because we haven't seen the coverage they've done and we may watch it and think it's amazing. But it is, it is interesting. I, I think triathlon has a problem, but John, because I was watching the ITU champs. I watched the female race mm. and it was just boring. As a spectacle, you was, know what I mean? Yeah, the guys' race was not so boring. Yeah, I, I, mean, I missed the guys' race, but and it's a pity. But I kind of think triathlon as a sport, as as a spectator sport, is it'll be like it almost has that basketball problem. Like basketball's problem is that basketball is a great sport in the last quarter, but the rest mm-hmm. of it's a bit of a boring game. Mm-hmm. And triathlon seems to be that it's really the run can be really interesting. Yeah, and then if not. It's it's a bit of a waste of your life. Yeah, and and I think the the with and I'm talking more about ITU side of things. They are very aware of that, and I think they're trying to work towards some answers with that. You know, like they've created this bonus system, and uh, we'll talk about that a bit more in the the coverage for the the ITU side of um, the, the show. So they're working on that to try to get breakaways happening. Um, I was very surprised the Auckland race wasn't more interesting than the girls, given the nature of that course. They're moving towards having team racing, really short distance stuff. So I think they're aware of that, and I think they're moving in that direction. But I agree, yeah, if watching them ride around in a group for, for an hour is, is not particularly exciting, yeah. especially given it was a hilly course, you know. I was very disappointed in the girls' race. Very disappointed. But yeah. I just think triathlon in general is like, how do we shift? Ironman's always going to have this problem. It's not a spectator mm. sport. And, and even as you tell a story, you know, it's really hard to put, you know, your half an hour package is all you need, mm. you know, because there's not many moments in an Ironman race that really change the race. You know, there's probably two or three moments. And it know. sounds like they missed them. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> it sounds like they missed the, the, you know, the critical part of the girls' race where sort of Leander Cave pulled away from Rennie or something like that. It sounds like they broke to an advert break. And that was but it. was that on the, the, the NBC, coverage? NBC coverage. Oh, bugger. Yeah. But maybe they missed it. Yeah, maybe they did. They must have. Surely they would have had that on. Yeah. They must have missed it. So it sounds like uh, it sounds like they're heading in a better direction. They're getting more triathlon coverage, which is what we're concerned about. What I think I'd like to see is two shows. Yeah, well, well, we need to watch it before we judge, John. You know? Okay. You know, just watch it first, eh? I'm, I'm letting the, the listeners judge. Okay. On my behalf. So we've got some results. We had the, what's this, the Beach to Battleship? Well done, Beach to Battleship. Nice, because you just said B2B there. B2B, you know your stuff. Uh, Thomas Wood took out the Beach to Battleship, went sub nine hours. Nice. 8.59.34. That's pretty good. Solid. It is a, uh, they're very, very fast swims. You have a swim with a current, so it's accurate, but you, you swim with a, an incoming tide. It must be a buzz. Have you ever done that? Uh, I've swum down a river before um, in a race. I, I swam opposite a river once, and I swam for like an hour. Literally went one meter. Yeah, just no. didn't even move. Yeah, it was like an endless pool. 
It's good. Broke my heart. Uh, he swam 45, biked 457, ran 310. Nice, nice work. Patrick Farwell was second. Peter Cotland was third. But in fifth place, listener of the show, Big Bad Moose, Marion Herring, 943. Nice. Oh, you good thing. Got a paycheck. Oh, did they pay there? Yeah, he got a paycheck. Nice. Got, got paid less than a dollar a kilometre. He's a pro. But he said to his wife, I'm turning pro, baby. And she said, you have fun being a bachelor and a pro athlete. <laughs> um, on the girls' side of things, D Atkins took it out in 9.59.02. So she cranked the sub 10. Nice work. Uh, Carrie McCoy, second, 10.18. And Maria Lopez in third in 10.32. And then we also had the great Floridian. And Andrew Johnson took it out, um, 10.39 from Stephen Mifflin in 11.02 and Brian Wertham in 11.06. And the girls' side of things. Angela Miller, 12.02. Kyla Howell in 12.03. Close race, only a yeah. minute, minute and a half separating them. And Shannon Titzel in third in 12.14. John? Yes. It's a bit disappointing this new website. Why is that? <laughs> no, because... Iron Man Florida's coming up this weekend. There's no protest. Yes, but that that is probably. Uh, I went to the Iron Man. Oh, that's okay, Joe. You carry on. No problem. Um, no, she takes the shoes off because they get loud in the kitchen. Um, I told her off. <laughs> um, is that the? I don't know if that's the fault. Well, it is the fault of WTC because they run most of these races now. So, but I would have thought that should be on the. Um, I'm in Florida website. They do have a good old start list. They love to do their start list, alphabetical, including all the pros and age group as one. And you can't extract stuff from a PDF file and plonk it into an Excel spreadsheet, which is frustrates me. Surely by now you can. Surely there's some technology. Probably is. Yeah, probably is. Anyway, so we don't know who's racing at Ironman Florida this weekend. I can't imagine there'll be that many big hitters because it's only a thousand point race and it's only got twenty five thousand dollars prize money. Last year Ronnie Shilnick cracked the eight hour barrier, went seven fifty nine, and Jessica Jacobs went eight fifty five. Seven fifty nine. So good luck to everybody racing. What's Florida the race that the guys who didn't do well at Kona are gonna turn up to as Arizona? Arizona, is which is in either another week or two's time. Okay. That has reasonable money and reasonable points. So I expect we'll see Quite a few guys there. Yep, yep. You see the kind of not so good at Kona people there. Or guys that blew up at Kona. Yeah, that's what I mean. They yeah. have a good day at Kona. Yeah. Okay, so John's ITU update. So we had the world champs, which isn't the world champs. So Sato had a, a tweet yeah. saying ITU are always stuffing up because <laughs> every year they don't get the best in the world winning the championship. Basically, that's what you kind of said. Yeah, the last two years. I don't know. Yeah, they could. so they now call it, the final race is called the finale for the World Championship Series. It's got du- it's got really good prize money and it's got double points. Um, and in the big scheme of their series, it's really, really important. You know, it can make quite big swings like Andrea Hewitt a few years ago dropped from, I think, like second to, I don't know, fifth in the rankings because she had an absolute shocker. Probably lost about $30,000. Um, oh, this wow. year she moved up a place up to third from, I think, fourth or fifth probably gained herself, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Yep. So for the that's for triathlon, that's quite a lot of money. Uh, and it's got good prize money on the nose for the win. It's um it's much more than the rest of the series, but it is always at the end of the series. So um uh, yeah, I wouldn't have said it an Olympic year, it is always going to be really, really hard to get the best quality field, but it was still a bloody good field. You know, it was still really, really solid. You had most of the guys there. Alistair Brownlee was injured. Um, and you had a few other names that weren't there, guys like Simon Whitfield and stuff, but they wouldn't have influenced the race. It would have been the same same podium probably than, than what it would have otherwise been. But uh, the women's race was on Saturday, and as Bevan said, uh, it was a bit of a dawdle. Uh, uh, well, I was, was disappointed. It was just boring. And, and it was, it was, 
It just made me think because I don't watch a lot of tri- ITU stuff, to be honest. I'll, mm. I'll watch maybe two or two or three years of races a year at max, and I, and I just was kind of sitting there going, I was just starting. I got my laptop out and did some work, and it was just kind of in the background because there was just not much happening. So it was a very very tough quick bike course, and Kate McElroy was the only one that really looked like she really gave it a good hard nudge on the bike. And then on the run, they had a pack of about seven of them um, that didn't look like they were running ridiculously hard. And Gwen Jorgensen from the States um, basically ran up from the second group that was about a minute and a half down, and they'd let that group get back in the frame by not putting the hammer down on the bike. They hadn't; um, they could have just totally obliterated that group because there was a number of groups on the ride on the bike. Um, so that was really disappointing, and the Kiwis didn't do very well either. They, they only got like seventh and eighth. Um, so it wasn't particularly exciting. Um, Were you there for the rest? Yep. What, yep. Was the, what was the atmosphere like? Oh, it was great. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, there was a lot of people there. Problem was, and it was a beautiful day. The problem was, the men's race was the next day, and it was raining, pretty pretty solid all day. Was it shocking? Uh, it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, pretty bad. And I was there's a, there's a great hill called Shorten Street. You could watch on the hill, um, and it was raining pretty consistently. And the crowds, though, for the guys' race were as big as the girls' race, um, even though it was crappy weather. If the day had been beautiful. And it was amazing crowds. It would have been huge. Oh, really? Huge. Oh, that's a pity. Like, but going up this hill, you had you know, a, a, a line of people the whole way up the hill. And if it had been clear, it would have been like Tour de France because there was oh, like, really? no, no barriers towards the top. You'd get you got right out in the middle of the road. And uh, Gemmell and Bevan were saying it was just awesome going up there. They were getting so much support. So that that was really cool. And the guys' race was was really interesting. Um, there was a number of breaks. And, and what I alluded to earlier was one of the things they're trying to encourage is breakaways and cash bonuses for that. So we saw Chris Gemmell from New Zealand break away. Chances are he was probably not going to run the greatest, but there's still an outside chance. If you can get your breakaway to have a 50-second gap over the main pack, then there's a cash bonus. And he got that a few weeks ago. He split it with another guy. I think they split 20,000 US between them. And he got uh, 50 seconds uh, again in this race. And that would have been, I think, $5,000 US. So they're trying to encourage breakaways. But it was it was great racing. Um, there, was, there was quite a bit of attacking on the bike. And... Uh, but at the end of the day, you kind of knew it was probably always going to be Brownlee and uh, and Gomez going for it. But the, the the finish those two had, they were surging all over the place on the run. I don't know if were you they? watched it. Well, no, I was doing a seminar. I was taking a seminar and and it was literally between – I was doing three seminars in one day and between two of the seminars, there was like a 15-minute break mm. and it was like 2K to go in the race, but I had to start the next seminar. Uh-huh. I was gutted. And then so they had a sprint – a full-on proper sprint finish in the last couple hundred metres. So and Gomez apparently isn't traditionally a sprinter. He's not. Uh, so what? Yeah, yeah, no, he's not. So um, he he upped his game. Yeah, it was it was solid. Did you think he would take it? Who, who uh, were you thinking? No, before the race, I did think he would, but um, I thought he would actually. I thought he'd pull away on the run rather than it coming down to a sprint finish. But yeah, when you saw it, you were watching the run, you did see Brownlee, and just you could see he was in a little bit of difficulty. Yep. So it was uh, it was good for Gomez. Um, what was I going to say? John's story. Oh yeah, I've got to tell my story. This John, 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 John goes to me a couple of weeks ago. Look, when we do the next show, make sure you ask about my story. He hasn't, he hasn't told me anything. <laughs> so uh, Bevan seen me get only marginally fired up. And Kona, sometimes I see some people doing <laughs> stupid things. And it's I, got Tourette's. Yeah, but it's just like a quick, a quick rant. You know, oh, what's that idiot doing? And then, <laughs> then we're on to onto another subject. Subject. And so um, I'm, I'm on this hill on the bike course, and. Uh, I'd come the, the swim. You had um, Johnny Brownlee and Richard Varga 
crushed everybody. Like Richard Varga is by far the best swimmer in, in triathlon in the, in the world at the moment. And But Brownlee got on, managed to get on his feet and they put a massive gap in the field. So Brownlee and Myers is just a, a machine. And so they come up this hill. It's an eight-lap bike course and they come up this hill um, eight times. And uh, I'm, I'm just up there watching by myself because I was staying with Phil and Blinder and his wife Jen. They were off shopping. Phil was off doing registration or something. So I'm just up there by myself watching and um, and so Brownlee and Varga come past the first time, and you know, we get out in the crowd, and we're giving them, you know, giving them a cheer because we're good, yep. fair um, spectators. And so some guy who was standing pretty much next to me, an older guy, um, probably in his, I would have estimated in his mid fifties. Yep, that's old, John. Yep, that is old. Um, <laughs> and he gets right in the middle of the road, and he says, Johnny. You're on the juice. I know you are. You're on the juice. Oh, really? And really getting right in his face yelling. And I, I, I thought, did he just say that? And I thought, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and hopefully he said something else. And uh, the guy came around and they came around the next lap. And these guys are still killing it. They're killing it to stay away from the breakaway. And he gets out and says something similar again. And so... Did you, leave, did you leave him have it? A bit of rage happened. Oh, really? I went over to him. The incredible Holt Newsom came out. And there was F-bombs going off. Oh, all really? I, was, I, I just lost it. Oh, I really? totally lost it. I just said he's got a small penis. I said <laughs> he's just got no respect whatsoever. He's entitled to his opinion, but what a cowardly way to do it. When somebody's riding past on their bike, got no right of response. I t- Seriously, it went on for a couple of minutes. I just let him have it. Oh, really? And he, he sort of backed down a bit, but I just kept letting him have it. <laughs> And um, Newsom. And while I was doing this, um, Phil actually turned up. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see him bomb. turn up. And Phil was like shocked. He's like, "Holy shit! I've never seen you like that before in my life." I just, I just, I was fired up for quite a while. And he, and, uh, and he, he said, "Who are you? Who are you?" And I said, "I don't give a shit. I'm nobody, mate. You can't just go." And I really got under my skin because you can't just go. He's basically yelling at somebody, calling them a full-on cheat when they've got no right of um, response. I just lost it. So how'd you come down? I didn't. Yeah. I basically, um, I just, I decided to remove myself from the situation. <laughs> I went another twenty meters up the hill. But seriously, mate, I just, I, I felt really embarrassed to be a Kiwi as well that you have dicks like that <laughs> letting people just, I don't know. I just think calling somebody a cheat is is um, is is pretty low. Not pretty, good. Pretty poor form. So that was unless my Lance. Heaven. Sorry, unless you're Lance. If, if it was Lance riding up the hill, would he be okay with it? Sorry. No. Um, no, uh, if, if he went up to him in his face and he had right of response, yeah, I probably would. Uh, you, you, yeah, um, I'm all in for, you know, you don't have to cheer for the people if you don't like them, but um, I don't know, I just thought it was, it was very poor form. Poor form. Very poor and you form. let him know about it, didn't you? I did. I, just, I, I honestly Wait, thought... Did you look around and people were looking at you? I didn't, I didn't actually really care. I just thought, no, I'm not going to stand for this. Oh, man, I wish I was there. Mm. I would have got the camera out, got a film of it. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to have you stand by your moral some. standards. We've got, we've got to give Melina some love, don't we? Well, we've got to give all the age groupers some love because it was bloody good racing. Um, and the feedback was it was it was a fantastic race. Some people said the swim was long, which it actually was a bit. But part of that... How did get that wrong? Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, it depends how they measured it. So so some of the guys who had GPSs actually measured it at 1,700 metres, which is that's quite a bit long. Yeah. But uh, there was quite quite a bit of currents and stuff, and depending on where you started and, and where the currents oh, yeah. sort of drew you, that might give you a bit of extra um, distance, but probably not 200 metres. So pre- assuming the GPS is right, um, that is, is a bit on the long side. But it was slow conditions because, because of the drift, and depending on when you started, the tides were quite influential. Like if you started at 8.30 versus, say, 10.30, you're swimming might be 
yep. 30 seconds difference. Uh, it was also quite choppy and quite windy, so that slowed things down. But yeah, if the distance was um, 1700, that's not such good form. But overall, we know from a spectator's point of view, um, it didn't seem like there was a great deal of drafting, um, given they had, you know, two to 3,000 people. Uh, oh, yeah. do you mean an age group race? Age group race. Because okay, yeah. um, uh, it's non-drafting, is it? It is, yeah. Oh, and wow. they, sp- they spread waves out by... I think it was 10 minutes. Um, it was either five or 10 minutes. Uh, so it's was seen, it just crazy? It's just a swarm of people going yeah, past. It's like a, bit, like a big Iron Man. Um, and you don't really know where people are because it's yeah. all just A-trip stuff. But it was. Um, it seemed like it went really well. And uh, and now they've announced that Auckland is going to have a world championship. It's going to be the start of the world championship so series. Sydney. Yeah, for the next few years. And I'm sure they'll have an age group race tacked onto it. So, so is it a bummer because the time of the year means we won't get the greatest field? Um... Yeah, potentially we won't get the greatest field, but we still yeah. should get a pretty good field. The thing with the series, they do lock you in pretty well because it's it's very points orientated. So if you want to keep getting starts, you've got to race. Um, and if you want to have a good series payday, then you've got to race. So yeah, but someone like Brownlee, who winter, mm. he's not yep. going to come over. Yep. Bugger. Yeah. Well, they did They did both do Sydney. Um, used to do Sydney, so, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Mm. Um, so we're going to give Molina a bit of love because um, unfortunately he didn't win his age group, but he, uh, second, he got he? second in his age group. The guy um, beat him by a couple of minutes. He rode a 102.54. Nobody broke the hour. Most of the top, top age groupers were riding about 101 um, to 103. And Molina did 102. I was pretty impressed with that. Wow. Swam pretty solid. Only ran a 38. That's what let him down a bit, but still finished second in his age well, group. Well, he's, he's had problems with his legs recently, isn't mm. he? So to, it's pretty smoking. Molina, we, we haven't announced this to Molina yet, have we? 2015. Oh, comrades. We're doing comrades. Somewhere between 2015 and 2020. We're not not waiting around for you. When we were out for dinner, when we were um, Albanada, and uh, we were at dinner when we were at the the awards ceremony, we were talking about uh, doing comrades, and uh, and we locked it in. We were going to do 2014. We've changed it for you already. Oh, okay. You're going to do it? Uh, I don't want to commit at this stage. It's it's, it's likely. Melina, you're in. Twenty thousand dollar sponsor, and I'm, I'm all in. You and you're trying to get sponsorship. <laughs> um, also, got to go love, but but it's a Ruben Bishops who's from Christchurch. She was first female age grouper overall. She ran a thirty five forty eight, wow. which on that course was smoking. So the course was the run course was up and down. Uh, no, the run course was uh, lots of turns and stuff. It was two lap, um, but lots and lots of turns. So presuming it was accurate, that's a smoking time. Like. To give you an idea, like um, Axel, who's who's a really good runner, yep. um, uh, he was he only ran thirty six. Something the top guys were only running about the same. Only a few went under. You know, maybe there was a few that ran thirty four, and she ran thirty five forty eight. She would have easily outrun me, and I beat her in all the local races. Wow. You know, not by massive amounts. She's a bloody good runner, but to get off the bike and be first age grouper overall, that run was was impressive. And was she first age grouper overall? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, wicked. Mm. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah, good work. Gomez um, went on to win the Xterra Champs last weekend, so very impressive that he's uh, had such a long season, then went over and did Xterra. Um, and also other news, uh, Bevan Doherty is racing Ironman New Zealand. Now, John, I'm shocked and dismayed by this announcement because mm. for years – I met Beckham once at your place, yeah. And, and he, he always just gave us a hard time about Ironman. He said, yeah. "Stupid sport. Why would you yeah. do it?" And then you've always said, "That no, there's no way Bevan will ever do Ironman," <laughs> and he's doing Ironman New Zealand. He is. I'm going to be very interested to see how he goes. Um, your thoughts? But, uh, I th- yeah, I, he's clearly you know it's going to be him versus Brownie and Tapo, and he should have a bit of a lead on Brownie. Is and, Trenzo racing? Don't know. 
don't know. He, he won a half Ironman at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Trento's doing all right at the moment. So he'll, he'll have a nice gap on Brownie. I um, think he will. I think Trento will be in New Zealand. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's contractually probably obliged to, given he's sponsored by Nutrigrain, which is uh, main sponsor, main yeah. sponsor for yep. Ironman New Zealand. Um, so I think Brownie will probably end up riding up to them on the bike again, and then it'll come down to a running race. And I think in his first one, if, it, if that happens... Probably put money if they came down to running race. I'd probably put money on Brownie in his first Ironman. Then going to Kona, I think Bevan would have a realistic shot of a sort of top ten. I don't know if he's got got it in him to win that race. Why? I don't. I just don't know if he, the guy's pretty tough. Said, he's yeah, got two Olympic yeah, medals. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But you, I think to win that, you've got to have that huge amount of passion to win to want to win Kona. I think you know all those guys. They just are fully fired up to it. And he's moving on to Ironman. Um, because he's not fast enough over Olympic distance anymore, and he wants to tick that box. But whether it's going to be a ticking the box, if it's just a ticking the box, I want to go over there and see if I can just um, cane it. Or if he, if he really, 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 really wants it, um, yeah, I don't see any reason why he can't go out there and do it. Don't do you think? think do do it you first think? Year. Do you think? Like his pedigree is good enough to win Ironman, isn't he? To win world champs. Yeah, he's very strong on the bike, but he's very strong on the hills, um, and. Yeah, I'll just be interested to see how he goes in pure time trialling um, over 180 k's. Be interested. I'm, I'm, yeah. Gomez, Gomez isn't coming to Ironman yet. Yeah, so somebody had an article about that. said uh, he's focused on short course for four years. When he comes to Ironman, he's going to rip it up because he's strong all round. How old's Gomez about? He must be getting mid-30s. No, no. Gomez is still in his 20s. Oh, really? I'm, I'm always positive of it. Maybe late 20s. Okay. Well, mm. um, well, that's fascinating. Because if Gomez came to Ironman now, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? He'd kill it. Why doesn't he? Sorry, because he make a hell of a lot more money, and he can race a lot more, and he probably enjoys going head to head, and he probably wants. Oh, you reckon he would make more money at Ironman if he won? If he won Kona, if he went and lived in America potentially, um, but in Spain and stuff, he'd he'd be on huge contracts. Mm. Very good, Gomez. Uh, there was also an age group. T- <laughs> <laughs> there was also an age group uh, testing positive. Kevin Motes tested positive for testosterone. It's very interesting to see WTC doing um, out of competition age group testing. Now uh, Kevin's protesting in his innocence. There's an interview Ben Greenfield did with him. You can go check that out on ben, BenGreenfieldFitness.com. It's I think not on it Endurance is. Planet. It's on his own podcast, is it? He's got a few podcasts. Yeah. There's a link to it on our, on our Facebook page. Yeah. So he's uh, protesting his innocence, and um, you guys can choose whether you think he's innocent or or not. He's obviously has tested positive, but he's uh, he was stating that he had 29. a 29. He's 29. Good work. There you go. He had sort of medical reasons that he needed to be taking this, that, and the other thing. Um, I don't have a strong feeling. Well, I don't really know whether he was. It's legit, or, or what the deal is there. But what what I'm interested in is that WTC are actually doing some out of competition age group testing. So you know that can uh, yeah, John, it's, it's 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 a tricky one. Your whereabouts and all that sort of stuff. And well, John, when we were in Kono, guys, we we went to a tent in the, in the expo, and uh, there was we got a free hat, we got a free t-shirt, and I don't think I ended up putting that one on the show, and. Uh, <laughs> And they were green, so I think I threw mine away. It wasn't that flash looking, but it was it was basically no drugs or whatever it was, you mm-hmm. know, for the sport and and all the rest of it. So we go up to these two girls and the, and you know, the, <gasps> what we're supposed to have been doing an interview fifteen months ago. <laughs> okay, well, I'll get back to the story in a second. Yeah, we're back. The interviews are it's a disaster. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have to figure out later on the show if we get the interview in place, but we'll see how, what happens. But anyway, so we're at the expo and we got to these girls and we're just doing our stupid little interviews that we do. And we kind of walked around and, we, and uh, they were promoting no drugs in the sport. And, yeah. and it was a WTC initiative and, you know, basically giving away some free gear saying we don't do drugs. And then I asked them about, well, what testing are you doing? And they, they knew nothing about the testing. Oh, here's Koro now. Okay. Oh, good. Koro is on the show. Here he is. <laughs> We're back again. And, and, and so I suppose what I was saying, John, what my, kind of my point is, is that it seems that WTC are, lo- are making a lot of effort to make it look like they care about drug testing. But don't you think that educating, oh, that sounds a bit cheesy, but educating people and, and creating a sense, I think this is where they're coming from, is trying to create a sense that, you know, drug taking is not cool and it's not acceptable. Is the, 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 oh, t- t- totally. But we, okay, let's go to this site now. Where is it educating me about not taking drugs? Yeah, I haven't been to the website, Bevan. You know what but, I mean? Like, but I think that's they're trying to start more at the grassroots level, having the, at these kids' events saying, you know, drug taking is not cool, blah, blah, blah. Whereas I don't think they've really ever had that in the past. And, and um, I don't know, traditional methods that they've used, you know, in the past we know that just the testing they've done is obviously not working and it's not a big enough discouragement so if they can create an an, uh, an environment and the stigma that about drug taking it's not acceptable i don't i don't know they've got to try something different because what the hell they've tried in the past hasn't worked clearly reading uh tyler hamlin's book and so on yeah i don't know like i wonder i don't know i just kind of felt a bit cynical about it this year at the world champs just because we got brushed off when we tried to interview that woman well we did get brushed (laughs) off which didn't help as well but i felt a bit cynical because it seemed as though oh we know lance is kind of a topical right now let's pretend or let's make an effort to make it look like we really care about no drugs in our sport no they did the same thing the year before did they yeah i I remember them doing the same thing the year before don't know if it's working but they they, they definitely did um, have a strong push around that kids event as well um, saying that drugs is not is not cool John I listened to an interview the other day which is really fascinating and and, and, you know this you know this week in Lance or whatever but you know the whole drugs thing is very topical right now and um, what's happening with Lance is very you know it's pretty big and uh, Tyler Hamilton's book and lots of people have read the report now and but I heard an interview with the guy from Belco the guy who was Aaron Jones' supplier yeah and um, it's like a two and a half hour interview with the guy. And you can't help but be cynical of sport when you listen to this guy talk. Like he's talking about, um, and I, I, can't, I can't remember exact figures, but he's saying like at the Olympics, he, he believes that over 50% of the athletes at the Olympics would have been on drugs. And he's saying if you look at Usain Bolt and you look at his coach, Usain Bolt, has coached the seven fastest runners in the last 12 months mm. in, the, in the world. And he's saying, and, and, he, and he goes into the details and it was really fascinating. And the problem for me is, my attitude towards professional sport is just shifting, you know, in a way where, you know, we know cycling has just been a sport riddled with cheats and that's been the culture of the sport and, you know, Lance is the the mecca of that, but, you know, it's, cycling has just been the cheating sport and uh, who knows if they can shift that, hopefully they can, but my, my, my mind is being scarred by these, you know, the, the, what's coming out mm. right now and it's kind of modern sport in a way is... is do you really want your kids aiming for that? Mm, I agree. It's uh, it's just really disappointing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Because um, sports, sports, like for me, and I've got a, a running business, and we do like this get up to five group, and it's like people from walking to running 5Ks, and, and it's hugely successful. We're, we're helping so many people achieve this amazing thing, and, and they get the real benefits of exercise. They get the benefits of self-esteem, of, of physically changing themselves. They feel good about themselves. They have shared, like we have our seminar, post-seminar, and people are saying, I love being out in nature. You know, like all these mm. good life experiences, and 
this comp, this you know having to win, and you know what that's driving athletes towards is actually maybe making us lose our focus. That exercise in itself has so much more to offer than just being, hey, I'm a winner, and. Uh, I oh, know, just uh, yeah, it's just a really disappointing time in sport right now, isn't it? It's a big topic, but let's uh, well, John, let's, let's push, push on. I'm getting emotional here. <laughs> let's push on. Yeah, let's push on. SLS try. If you want, if you want, thanks for supporting me there, mate. Yeah, you know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, but this will come up again in, in the hot topic of the week. Oh, okay, okay. See, I've, yeah, I've, okay. I've got, I'll give you that stick, one. Stick to the structure. Um, SLS try heading down to Ironman Florida this week, and they're going to have a competition up on their Facebook page about guessing the estimating the woman's winning time and if you do that you go on the prize draw to win a pair of socks whoever gets closest wins nice SLS try socks so if you ever want to buy anything um, compression gear racing gear um, go to slstry.com use the code IMTALK and you get a nice discount and as I said they always love seeing people if you're down in Florida this weekend pop up and say hello to them and uh, get you know who doesn't need a new pair of compression socks well, from time to time. Well, the thing I like about SLS Try is that it's good gear, first of all, and mm. people, you know, people who get it, you know, give us emails and feedback saying they really enjoy it. But the price is reasonable, mm. and that works for John and I, doesn't it? Because we're, bo- we're both just a little bit on the tighter side of things. Just a little. Just a little. And uh, when it, you know, when we take on new sponsors, you kind of always go, oh, what are they charging? Mm. And you know what? When, when I look at their prices, I'm like, wow, that's really reasonable. And, and mm. you know, and so if you are looking at getting some tri gear, and let's be honest, we all need tri gear. And, and if you've got some tri gear, you know that when you're on the bike, someone's looking at your butt crack, and it's mm. time to upgrade a little bit. Check out SLS Try. Awesome. Hot topic of the week. Um, Bevan forgot to post. Well, I didn't know I had to. No, we, we were doing it in Kona, in Honolulu Airport, and uh, you came up with some random topic. What was it? Like, see, I, I, I semi-vetoed it, and so it slipped out of my, my brain. Uh, You'll have to go back and listen to the show. But anyway. Highly unlikely. So Bevan and I have both read Tyler Hamilton's book. Now, I basically read about a quarter of it on, in Kona, and then I read three quarters of it on the flight on the way home. He was focused, man. we didn't have any... Uh, even even the plane had, the plane had landed and he hadn't quite finished. And you know when you're waiting around, he's still sitting down reading his book. It was good because we were on. Uh, we didn't have TV screens on the way back on Jetstar. No, that was Qantas. Qantas. No, no Jetstar. Yeah, Jetstar. Bevan was gutted. He couldn't order one either. No, nah. Bevan was fuming. I wasn't happy because I kind of knew that I wouldn't get a screen, but I conceded to myself. You know what? I'm going to order a screen. They're twenty bucks, but I thought for five six hours, it's like going to the movies. It's all good. Yeah. Get on the plane. I can have a screen. No. I was like, what? <laughs> so. Um, but we both read his book, and and I, I don't know, I, I, it's a very interesting reading. You can go back onto your, your, your topic now, onto your emotional oh, side. Oh, can I? Your, John, your, your I'm ethics, disappointed in ethics sport. And sport. Um, but if you want to get uh, a, a, a full full disclosure on what used to go on in the 90s and, and early 2000s, it's um, it's a very well, mid interesting to late reading. 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Well, he got busted in uh, Athens. 2004 was his first busting. Well, then Floyd. But yeah, yeah. But it all started in the 90s. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, really interesting read and uh, doesn't paint Lance Armstrong um, as to be um, a particularly wonderful bloke um, on, on many occasions. Um, but you also feel, you know, you feel for the, the guys. Like the, they went over to Europe, the Americans and... Well, John, it's the next week's discussion. Sorry? You're doing next week's discussion. Am I? Well, because the discussion of the week is what do you think of the book? Oh, okay. Is that what you're doing? No. Oh, okay. I just thought I'd put a couple of discussions out there um, that we can discuss because you didn't put it up there for other people to oh, su- submit okay. their ideas. Uh, well, Porno wants us to do a discussion of the week around Tyler Hamilton's book. Well, that's what we're doing right now. No, but so Good. people can talk about it. Okay. 
So next week, so this week's discussion is, if you haven't read it, it's, it's actually not a long read. What, what, maybe five hours? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty easy read. Yeah. Big, big font. Big font. <laughs> get, get a Kindle, you can make it even bigger font. Yeah. You, it's always funny when you see those Kindles or, or iPhones or devices nowadays and you see people who are a little bit older. Mm. They must love it because they don't have to wear their, their glasses. Mm. But when you see the fonts on the on the devices, it does look pretty funny. It does. Uh, yeah. But um, what did you think of Taylor Hamilton's book? Um, give us your thoughts. Yeah. And I also posted on our Facebook page about a 45-minute um, documentary on Lance that yeah, I watched ABC it. Was, it was did. Good, I watched it? it as well. It was, uh, it was good. A lot of the stuff was rehashed. For yeah, and, and to be honest, there was, there was another BBC interview which only went up for seven days, so you can't get it. And they had quite a few interviews of Tyler and stuff. And you kind of you, you end up getting a bit of Same. a repeat story. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah, check it out. Bevan, I'm letting you have this week and Lance this week. Anything you want to discuss? Because when we, when, when we discussed this on last week's show, it was actually quite – probably quite dated by the time it came out because things were only coming out just as we left Kona yeah um and you guys will be know know what the hell's going on but anything you want to comment because you know I know this is your your passion this week in Lance you know I've you know you tried to get to kill it like four months ago and it's still going strong (laughs) it's just I think there's gonna be years of this week in Lance you know what I'm really curious around what happens in the future you know what happens to the legacy of Lance you know what happens to will he ever come out you know like and and obviously it sounds as though he never will because financially he's kind of screwed if he does. Um, but you would say the only real step he can make is to come out and say, you know what, I stuffed up and, you know, that was the world I lived in and, and so on. But I can't see it happening. But I'm just really curious to see what becomes of the legacy of Lance, you know. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and it is really interesting. They had a piece on the New Zealand news around it. And, and I'm really in that boat where I think he's a bit of, bit of you know, a bit of a low life mm. um, and, uh, and, you know, and didn't do very, very good things. And, 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 I really struggle with the whole, well, you know what, he raised all that money so we can lend him away with it kind of thinking. And so, but a lot of people out there are really supporting him still based on the fact that he did great work for cancer. So, you know, it's always going to be a mixed bag, but yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. Like 50 years from now, Mm. you know, but we're in it now. But as history moves on, how will Lance be looked on? Mm. I feel similar to you, but I would have, I'd be fascinated if he comes out and admits it all and really goes in a similar way, all tell like Tyler Hamilton and Floyd Landis did. And You'd give him a break, wouldn't you? I, I would be more than happy to give him a break. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's the way he's gone about it as well. But you know what, he, you know, if, you're, if you're Lance Armstrong and you've got all this legacy built up around a lie you've created for yourself, you've got to fight for that legacy. You know what I mean? You're like, you've got to try to shoot people down because you're going to feel threatened by anything that could break that. But now that it's broken... He just looks like a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although he's not... He's not fighting it anymore, is he? No. You know, he's not coming out and saying, oh, it's a witch hunt and it's all that kind of stuff. And um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm just curious to see. It'll be interesting, you know, as kids get, you know, when Thomas gets older and asks about Lance, you know, mm. what will what will be his perspective on a guy like Lance Armstrong? Because really, he's got to go down as sports' biggest fraud ever. Oh, yeah, that's what everybody's saying, definitely. Yeah, yeah you know, and so... You know, like Tiger Woods, he was a shagger, but he didn't cheat in sport. Mm. You know, and, and you've got the American baseball players and guys like that as well, and Marion Jones and stuff, but Lance was... Transcended all Yeah, that. he was almost like the biggest sports star in the world, wasn't he? Mm. You know, he wasn't just an American athlete. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, Had he just won six or seven Tour de France titles, this would not be the story that it is, but because of everything else that goes with it, it's... It's like days of our lives. Every day, there's something new comes out. Of our lives. Okay, John. Hey, but I will say one thing that you just see coming out of this is all the guys that are coming out and admitting it. God, they look so happy about it. 
they just look like they've just revised pe- revitalized people Tyler Hamilton you know they just say they feel so much better they're not living a lie anymore and uh, that's what's um, I don't know it must chip away at you but imagine oh. if every day of your life because the thing is for those guys that's what people ask them oh, what about mm. the drugs in the sport they'd mm. be answering that question all the time now now they'll be answering it a lot more but at least it can be real and, but imagine like you know we, we've always talked well, you've all always us. done that little lie and then all of a sudden you screw <laughs> that little lie and you go oh god how do I get out of this how do I get out yeah. but they've got to do it on a daily basis yeah. wouldn't that be horrible you're living a lie oh. what I found interesting was that he got away with a lie detector test because <laughs> yeah, no. so, here I was a few weeks ago I said come on let's go and do it and, and then Tyler Hamilton was like yeah no I did a test and got away with it yeah, yeah crazy so Brilliant. anyway check it out so check out the book and this week's discussion is what are your thoughts on the Tyler Hamilton book and all the kind of stuff that's happening around it um, if you want a legal supplement you know, not yeah. legal supplement that is scientifically proven to enhance your performance Go to coffeesofwhy.com. Yes, John. Tell me more. Well, no, that's about all I need to say. We've we've seen (laughs) numerous studies come out saying if you want to enhance your performance, that you can take a bit of the coffee. My daughter wants some money, don't you, babe? Yep, wait a second. You keep talking, (laughs) and I'm going to get my daughter some money. You tell them, John, about something that's happening on the website, because John always struggles when I walk away. Okay. We're back. I struggled to talk. Well, he did struggle. I went away, and I came back, and he had been struggling, but... I picked the website was a good thing to pick, wasn't it, John? You did, because uh, they've, they've got a new website. It's looking very impressive. Let me pull it up. What's it called? Um, coffeesofhawaii.com? Coffeesofhawaii.com. They've got a girl, picture of the girl in uh, Coffees of Hawaii sort of bikini. Uh, John, but did you see the photo that um, Albert sent through of you looking like Papa Smurf? Yeah, it wasn't flipped. That is a gold photo. <laughs> I'm going to put that on the website. We've got quite a good few photos from um, um, from Hawaii, so I'm going to put them on the website today. Got a picture of the Coffees of Hawaii boat in, uh, in Kona. That's out of it. That, that, that's a cool website, Albert. You've done good. Yeah. So if you want to just go see some nice pictures of all about the coffee stuff, check it out. Free recurring delivery for 2012? For our Russian customers. They've got something in, in Russian. Where? Well, they have that P-O-C-C-U. It's in, in Russian typing. Oh. There you go. So if you're in Ru- listening in Russia, check it out. I can't read it because it's written in Russian. But can you, can you sound deal. Russian? It's, it looks like it's a 20% discount. Can you sound Russian? Can you do a Russian accent? Yes, pa Rushki. Yes. Just remember that from... The Hunt for Real October. Um, so if you want, <laughs> nice, you remember something from a movie. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to check out coffeesofhawaii.com and we've got all the promo codes on imtalk.me. He's going global, look at this, I've even got a Russian plane. Mm. Wow. I'm sure this show is pretty big in Russia. Bet it is. Yep. Sure Bigger than Texas. Yep. So Coffees of Hawaii guys, check out the new website. Make sure you go and support those guys because they're really great at supporting you guys and what we do, so we love them. Coffees of Hawaii. Okay, John. Oh, do you want music? I oh, know we got to put an interview on first. Oh, Gordo? Gordo. Okay, so we've got an interview with Gordo. From endurancecorner.com. Here it comes. You don't want to talk about what it's about? Yeah, well, you will do that in the intro. Okay. Here's Gordo. Right, back on the show today. Always one of our most popular guests from... Oh, he's a superstar. ...from Endurance Corner, um, Gordo Byrne. Welcome back to the show, Gordo. Thanks, guys. What's happening? People always want to know what's happening in Gordo World, and, and I still claim that I should uh, be getting commissions from uh, the term Gordo World. Was it your turn? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. We, we, we were discussing in Hong Kong one day, and Gordo World came up and said, Go for it. And he did, and he's changed the name. <laughs> but I, I expect commissions from that. Um, but what, what's happening in Gordo World? Have you got uh, Lead Man coming up or not? 
Oh, I guess the biggest thing is the birth of my third kid. Oh, yeah. Good answer. Good answer there. (laughs) Yeah, so three under five. And that is a big adjustment. It's busy, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, so that's, that's probably... That's probably number one. And then, you know, we're, we're kind of heading into the end of the training year now. And so things are actually settling down. I, I'm going to have a pretty similar racing year next year to what I did this year. That we're, It's really easy to fit in the mountain biking, mm-hmm. um, particularly the local stuff uh, with the kids. So, God, I, God, I heard you're doing Epic Camp and, and we're on the street. There's a bit of secret training's happening. <laughs> no, it's no secret. I just ride my bike every day. That's, that's no secret. Lift, lift weights a couple times a week. I tried, I tried to come back to running. I injured myself, and so I'm going to try again with the help of Jeff Schilt. He's got this return to running program, which I, which I completely ignored the first time. And, and seeing as I hurt myself, thinking that I knew better, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow his program for the second round, see if I can get myself back. One of the things I found is the cycling, my soleus muscles – uh, yep. got detrained because they don't get even though I even though I do gym work twice a week uh, taking the running out really detrained them and that was my main injury uh, that I got Bevan uh, I've got ideas here oh, what, what, what do you think Epic Camp is going to be heavily run, <laughs> run focused he, heavily run focused <laughs> lots of points for running <laughs> I can see my, my window of opportunity opening um, right what That's else? I'm going to play you know I might just turn up and ride <laughs> um, so the topic we're going to discuss today is uh, is one that I think you enjoy talking about and, and, and indirectly I think I do it a bit with, with some of my athletes as well. It's talking about um, sort of a two-year training cycle because I know for New Zealand athletes and Southern Hemisphere athletes who are who are Kona athletes, you know, they might train to I'm in New Zealand or an Australian race and then they do Kona and they get in that cycle every year and do the same thing year after year and, and often plateau and I imagine for the North American athletes, you know, they train up, do a mid-season Ironman race, do Kona, and they just keep going in, in that sort of cycle. And um, so, do you want to just enlighten us a bit about about this sort of two-year cycle that you you use with some of the athletes? Yeah. So for for athletes that really want to be in the sport long term, you need to manage the well a couple things. You got to manage the amount of running and pounding that they take. And the other thing you have to manage is the, you got to make sure they don't get fired or divorced. I mean, if they want to be successful Mm. uh, in their business and successful in their marriage and if they have kids. And Johnny knows me a few years ago before I had my own kids. I used to just ignore it. (laughs) It's like, what do you mean you can't take a month off, you know? Um, And and then with the changes that have happened in my own life and, and the athletes that I'm working with, a lot of these athletes want to be very, very good, very competitive, um, but they just don't. It just doesn't make sense for them to do two Ironmans a year every year for the next 15 years. And it was it was a lot easier to apply this when you could qualify for Kona at a half Ironman because what it would mean is for the best athletes, you get your slot at a half Ironman. You're only having to do one Ironman every other year if you wanted to focus on Hawaii. Um, so some of what I'm gonna share is what I use for athletes that wanna focus on going fast in Hawaii. And the other thing is for the athlete that hasn't been able to break through to Hawaii, the two years are built towards an Ironman race 
where they're looking to do a life best Ironman and get that slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I've, one of the things I've noticed is if you just do the same year over and over and over again, yes, you, you will improve, but this, what, what I'll share today, seems to work a little bit better for people, particularly for the experienced athletes that haven't been able to make that jump uh, or somebody that's feeling totally overwhelmed. And a lot of people end up taking a year off from Ironman because they get fried or injured. Uh, and I think this is a better way to do it. So I'll just sort of set the scene. So in reality, we're, talk, we're going to talk about a two-year cycle, but really it's a three-year cycle because I'm assuming that the year before the athlete adopts this two-year cycle was kind of like an Ironman year. So mm-hmm. that, that season finished with, a, with an Ironman race. So the athlete's base is well-established. They're an experienced athlete, and they got a good idea of what their strengths and weaknesses are. And they've probably been going at it for a couple of years. So in broad brush, what I'm really talking about is a deep recovery period, so shed a ton of fatigue, mm-hmm. followed by three mini-seasons, and I'll get into the detail, and then another rejuvenation period, but probably shorter, at the end of the first year, and then three mini-seasons, the purpose of which is to put this athlete into life-best Ironman fitness at the end of two years. And that'll either be pointing at a qualification race or pointing at Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, that's, and, and before I go into kind of laying out the seasons, one of the things is, you know, I, I sit down with the athlete. We have a conversation. Look, what worked? What didn't work? What, what are your real limiters here uh, for Ironman racing? And then I also ask them to consider what are the aspects of your fitness that are important but that you never work on in an Ironman year. Because one of the things you guys will probably find with athletes, certainly you, Johnny, is you know, you when you're training for an Ironman, there's a lot of other aspects of fitness you have to let slide. Yep. Um, that you, you just, it's like, nope, we don't have time for that. We gotta stay focused, particularly with the time constrained athlete. And some, some examples there would be, you know, get really strong. I mean you know, does it make sense to maximize your squat and deadlift um, in an Ironman year? Probably not, um, because that athlete's going to be quite tired on the bike and you're going to see the bike power fall off. But that's the type of thing which long-term, if you want to be an athlete, getting really strong every other year can be quite useful. Uh, another example might be anaerobic endurance. Um, for the larger male athletes, I mean, there's just you know, there's not a lot of point with making somebody tired with a lot of VO2 work because their Ironman pace is going to be so far away from those VO2 paces and powers. It doesn't make sense to address that generally in an Ironman year. But in an off year, you can do a block, um, actually a series of blocks. You could do sort of a run block and, and then recover a, a bike block, a, a bike block and recover from it. Um, and, and you can look at placing those blocks into this off year. Third thing, uh, swim volume. Uh, you know that making the jump from, say, that 63-minute, 63, 63 to 70-minute Ironman swim, and making a jump to that 58-minute, 57, 58-minute Ironman swim requires a lot of work. Generally speaking, you're better off putting that work into the bike and the run. But if it's an off year, if you're focusing on, say, short course racing. Um, 
the body's going to have the capacity to do a lot of work from the prior Ironman training and, and building in some swim blocks to really up the swimming is a great way, is a, is a useful thing. Because one of the things I found with swimming is, now if you're talking about a 50-minute Ironman swim, obviously you've got to keep the volume way up. But if somebody's got a reasonably decent swimmer, if they can get themselves into that kind of 57, 58, and then go back to their normal program, they're going to be able to hold on to a lot of that. Um, in, in terms of taking the swim to the next level. Final thing with some folks on the physical side is body composition. I, I know some athletes are training too hard to lose weight, and it's a, it's a strange thing that you find with folks. Um, you really, with a lot of folks, you've got to take that stress off, the training stress, the life stress, for them to find that sweet spot and get their body composition sorted. And it, again, you need to have an honest conversation with yourself and a trusted advisor as to whether that might be holding you back. Um, most, actually, the, the interesting thing with that is I find a lot of the people most focused on it are don't really need it. In other words, the people that are totally psycho on what they eat and, and what, they, uh, what they weigh, I mean, their, their body fat's already down at the sort of low end of the people they're racing against. They're just kind of nuts on it. Um, but for other people, um, it's, it's an area where you can, you can make considerable progress, particularly in Ironman. You know, that marathon, it's a long way. You're tired. Uh, you, you definitely want to be fit, lean, and healthy. And then the two other things that people don't uh, necessarily consider but can have a huge impact on the year that follows is career and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and again, you you need to be thinking long term. And if this you know if this Ironman lifestyle is something that you want to be doing over a number of years, having a summer in your off year, which is focused to to your spouse or your kids, can really give them the comfort uh, to support you the following year when you really want to hit it. Uh, and truly focus on getting yourself sorted out uh, in terms of really stressing yourself from a physical point of view. You just, if you're always trying to do it to the limit of what your family can support, things will break down. Or you're gonna you're gonna get yourself to a situation where, you know, you got a you got a teenage son that goes totally off the rails, and it's gonna be pretty hard to live with yourself if you spent five years just doing nothing but Ironman when maybe your son needed a bit of time and having and, and, and making making time for your son or your daughter at least every other year uh, in the summer when you can have those high quality experiences I my experience my experience with the athletes I coach is it you know that following year there's no physical cost um, because they they're they're at peace and they know they're meeting their obligations to folks and then the final thing is career um, again the typical highly performing age grouper in those Ironman years is barely holding everything together across their the active part of the season and the training. And that, that might work for one year and it might even work for two or three years, but sooner or later something's going to give. And you need to be giving thought to, well, am, am I in the right job? Am I, doing the right, uh, am I doing the right thing on the work front? And having these off years to address that uh, great thing, and and I really like to do that myself. I like I ask those questions every winter, every every fall, autumn, every winter. I'm sort of figuring out. All right, well, what's my work? Uh, do I need to make some changes? And if I do, let's get that done now so I can get back to training in the spring and the summer. Happy wife, happy life. It's simple as that, John. <laughs> 
Um, one other thing that, um, and then this is probably a totally another topic for another day, is is uh, is developing people's um, mental. I don't know, mental strength um, when in, in those tough situations, which I think and, and people often don't have a, a plan for when the going gets tough. But maybe maybe that's a topic for another day. Yeah, I actually I, I've got a yeah I got a lot to do a fair amount on that. The, the one thing I would say to people is, um, you know, it's it's you, you're not breaking down because of a physical issue. If it's a true mental breakdown, you're either a, a bit of a head case in terms of early pacing, and that's got to do with you know, just not learning how things feel when you're under stress, uh, or the fatigue that you feel during an event triggers uh, something to do with either your family or yourself outside of sport, and then you mm. have a total breakdown and get mm. distracted. Those mm. are the two big pieces. But yeah, if you guys can, you can have me on, and I can chat about about that. Again, the nice thing about this is also is it's you're not having to really really push yourself all the time um, it lets you fit in some fun stuff and if I come back to maybe I'll come back to some specific stuff now mm, yeah, for yeah. that first so just laying it out bringing it making it a bit more real for people so those those three mini seasons that I talked about because uh, I like to I like to think of a training year I split it into thirds um, and, and each third is probably going to be you know like a quarter uh, you know, maybe it's 15 weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And in the winter, on this off year, it's a swim-run focus with a power focus. And by power, I mean building power, making the athlete much more strong. Um, and again, this this would just be the average athlete. If you, if you have somebody that, you know, comes from a track cycling background, putting having them spend a lot of time in the gym is going to be a waste of time. I'd probably have them uh, run more. Um, but for most of us, uh, swim run focus in the winter with a power focus in, in terms of getting really strong on the gym. Now, continuing the cycling, but the, the cycling load is really low compared to what the athlete would be used to as an Ironman athlete. And then that's leading into a spring event. Spring events either can be a marathon or what I call a bucket list item. You know, when you're trying to qualify for Kona, you have to be you have to have this sort of really sharp focus on what's best for Ironman what's best for Kona and there's a lot of events like I don't know uh, Otilo in uh, Sweden that sort of really long aquathon Mm -hmm. or you want to do some sort of super long bike tour or I don't know Epic Camp or Ultraman or whatever these people have these bucket list events and and I would I, I like to bracket the summer so like spring would be one bucket list event or a marathon and then late summer would be another bucket list and I find in an off year that keeps it fresh lets the athlete have some fun uh, and and also it, it puts them in an environment where they're not going to put a whole lot of pressure on themselves to perform if it's a bucket list event uh, because you really you don't really have any standard to judge it on mm-hmm. and what I like to do in early summer is focus on anaerobic endurance and strength and for the southern hemisphere athletes a good example of that would be the Hobart Olympic distance course if anybody knows that it's a it's a circuit on the bike with a hill so it's like crank up the hill back down you're doing loops of it um, another example northern hemisphere athletes would be escape from Alcatraz uh, both the original and the kind of rock star version uh, or say the wildflower Olympic distance, 
where you come out of the lake and you got to just blast straight up a hill uh, out of the lake. So these types of events which are highly variable. Uh, one of the things I noticed with my mountain biking is compared to Ironman is the variability. So there's there's not a lot of steady. You're either threshold uphill or rolling zeros going downhill. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different type of fitness, but it's an important type of fitness if you want to become an all-around athlete. Uh, and that would be the type of event that I'd be looking to put into the early summer. Then, if then coming off of that, what I like to do is do something totally different, which is a 70.3 event, but with a flat bike. So it'd be something like uh, Bustleton in the Southern Hemisphere, and in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, a good one that's pretty flat would be maybe uh, Half Fine Man, um, that, that type of course. And so you come off this kind of hit it and recover type racing earlier in the summer, and then late summer, you work on your flat uh, time trialing, so threshold uh, type work. And then I would also include another bucket list item, and that's a great time to do uh, an Ultraman. Uh, for somebody if they had the goal of doing an Ultraman because what that would mean is that that late that later season uh, Ultraman is going to have the athlete doing a lot of base which is preparing them going into their next Ironman and as well doesn't there's no pressure on going fast when you're doing Ultraman training because it's it's a pretty slow event uh, relative to our limits so that'd be kind of how that off year looks and you can pack quite a bit in there um, but the nice thing is early in the year, early in the summer, you're, there's nothing in there that requires a ton of volume. And so you're able, you're able to have the time to work on other projects, hang out with the family, uh, and really you need to know what your priorities are that year, uh, which would probably be something other than Ironman, although you're putting some pieces in place so that when you come back to your Ironman training the following year, you're going to be able to hit it quite well and so that, so that pretty much takes care of year one um, what about year two well year two then it, now in year two it depends either because if, if it's about qualifying for Kona then you got to choose your qualifier and I would put the qualifier um, I put the qualifier at the end of the summer if possible providing you live in a normal climate for training the so, other- so you're talking qualifying for the following year yeah, trying yeah. to qualify for the first time, and then you're going to front up and do a victory lap in Kona and just enjoy it the first yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and if it, but if you're somebody that wants to perform in Kona, then you're going to be thinking about, well, when am I going to qualify? Am I going to qualify late in year one, or am I going to try and qualify relatively early in the first half of year two? Um, the other the other thing you got to think about is, well, I want to have two shots at qualifying. So maybe I'm going to do something because I, I know some athletes, you know, they might do something like Ironman Texas, and then they might be looking at doing another Ironman, say Arizona. Um, that that comes into sort of the traditional discussion you guys have probably had is you know figuring out what's your best race, what's your best shot hmm. at qualifying. Because although you will be um, fitter towards the end of the year, providing you don't live in Texas or Central Florida. Hmm. Um, then you have to choose the right race for the right athlete. But assuming the athletes just say they just have one, uh, uh, they're going to go for one Ironman at the end of the year. Yeah. I actually like short to long um, across that year too. And so it's, it's in terms of race selection. So uh, across the winter and spring, we'd be doing more traditional base training, but the racing 
would be short course racing. Mm -hmm. Then we would, as we get into the summer, it becomes easier to add the bike volume, and we'd have a block that would be focused on uh, mod hard tempo threshold, which would end with a 70.3 race, which would still leave us enough time to do a proper Ironman build towards the end of the year. And I found that to be really effective. And so the athlete will be in great Ironman shape. Now, here's the other thing, though. That could mean two years without doing an Ironman race. And so some athletes may do better if they if their first part of the season ends with an Ironman event. But they go into that Ironman event relaxed and off of base training as opposed to off of a lot of really tough training, like the, the traditional kind of Ironman-type build training, where it's like, all right, look, I'm just gonna, it's an early season race. I'm going to go in off of base training, a couple of Olympic distance races, and I'm going to be relaxed, and I'm just going to roll through it. For athletes that have difficulty uh, pacing or tend to sort of smoke themselves, that can, that can often be a breakthrough race, that low-pressure kind of early season Ironman. I've seen some great results from people in that because uh, they're a lot more relaxed going into it. Now, it's not practical for most people, but if possible, I also try and encourage people to split uh, hemispheres, you know, like I used to do when I was an mm. elite. So if it's somebody that's young, the, the year to go down and train with you two guys or <laughs> USA for a Northern Hemisphere athlete is that kind of in year one, year two. So effectively, you're going to get three seasons in a row with good weather. So you're going to have the end of year one, and then you're going to have a, a year two base in good weather, and then you're going to have a year two build in good weather. And that can that can be quite effective. And again, when you, when you, when you do go down to the other hemisphere or come up uh, for the for the other hemisphere uh, it's still a base focus but what it enables you to do is put a lot more bike volume in there without frying yourself battling the weather so if, if we're looking at that say year two three blocks um, is it sort of a reverse periodization you're using with that year you know you have your, your first block which is going to be you know potentially either a, an off uh, a southern hemisphere base period or, or a swim run focus or whatever that might be, then that middle part um, of the year is going to be um, you know, still a bit of intensity there and then you go on to more of your, your sort of, say, 15-week Ironman build-up? Yeah. Look, year one, you, you definitely heard it right. It's like swim run and a power focus. Get strong. Either, mm -hmm. either strong, well, first you get strong on the gym, then get strong on the bike. Uh, so the gym, because you got to transfer it. Um, the in the second year, I, I do reverse periodization in the racing, not necessarily in the training. And I think that's a, a, a differentiation that I don't hear other people talk about. So in terms of race selection, I'm using the races to, to give the different stimulation to the athlete. I, it's, it's still primarily kind of a base type focus in the winter. Um, it's, it's not a ton of really... Uh, anaerobic stuff, and then I and then if you think about these short races, it's really threshold training. I mean, if you, I know, you know, uh, even a sprint, it's primarily going to be threshold zone for most people, uh, with some with some surges up into that kind of VO2 type effort. Uh, and I like that. I like the race stimulation uh, rather than trying to do a whole ton of really anaerobic, really tough training in the winter and early spring. 
that that tends to be how I prefer to use it. Same thing with and and in um, with a lot of we only have running races uh, in the winter and the spring, and so they they're going to get that stimulation when they're running, uh, and then. And that middle block is going to end with a 70.3. That is, uh, that's where the training will go more towards the tempo. And it, it depends on the size of the athlete. So the, the smaller the athlete, the higher the relative intensity, if you guys follow me. Yep. So less body mass, the closer they can get to functional threshold more often in the week because the recovery is uh, not, the recovery is brutal. Uh, on them because the work rate is still relatively low and then that leads into the specific prep uh, for the Ironman race and and I found with experienced athletes the specific prep period only needs to be you know it's going to be probably something like 7 to 11 weeks as opposed to trying to get into that too early like 15 mm-hmm. weeks out they're already going to be really fit uh, and that Ironman training is very demanding on their lives in terms of their schedule and also their recovery. Uh, so you don't want to start it too early uh, because if you if you do, you run the risk of the athlete being flat uh, when they get to the race. Mm-hmm. What about for um, you know the, you've, you've talked a lot about the experienced athlete, but what about say the athlete, the the newer athlete who hasn't yet either had a, a good Ironman race through nutritional difficulties or poor pacing, do you think they are better off sticking with Ironman, um, a regular Ironman season for a bit longer until they actually sort of pretty much figure out their races and they at least have one decent Ironman race before they start this sort of, um, you know, sole focus on, on a two-year plan really with one pinnacle event? So if it's something that's struggling on the distance... I would actually recommend nothing but base training, like just basic base training, two, and, and aim for two Ironmans a year, ideally spread five to six months apart. That's what I would recommend. But you got to live in some place where the, the getting ready for an Ironman does, like, isn't ridiculous. So you can't have a very, you, you know, you're not going to be ready to race in March if you're a Northern Hemisphere athlete and you, and you live in Wisconsin. I mean, that, that just doesn't make sense. Um, but if you're somebody that lives in, say, Florida, you could definitely be ready for a, a May Ironman, and then the flip side would be like a November Ironman, mm-hmm. uh, and and that would be a, an easy way to increase your knowledge of the events. I mean, nutrition issues are just pacing issues in disguise. Yeah. Be, you know, if we if we if we were totally cruising all day, we'd digest. Uh, the, the expression one of my guys said is he, when he did Ultraman, he was so scared that he could have digested nails because he kept his heart rate uh, under wraps. And in other words, if, if we were just floating the swim and cruising the bike, we'd have no issues with our digestion. It's because we get wound up and get that heart rate cranked up that we run, bump into trouble. Mm. I think in the early years, a base focus is, is uh, quite useful. But again, base focus in training, and when you want some intensity – do a sprint race or an Olympic distance race, and that'll give you plenty of intensity relative to your uh, event, the Ironman. Mm. What are some of the common questions you get um, when you talk about this topic with other people? Um, question. Or, or is there anything else you'd like to like to add on 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 the, the two the Gordo trademarked two year plan? You trademarking that one as well? Trademark, yeah. trademark nice. that one before I yeah. grab it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
everybody. It's okay. There's, there's plenty around. I, you know, I, I, I think the, the athletes, yeah, I do have something to say. If, if you really want to do an Ironman and do it well, um, you got to put a lot into it. You got to put a lot into it in terms of getting ready, but you also have to be mentally ready to deal with what that event's going to feel like. And there's, it's like the whole range of fast Ironman. It goes from despair because you're having to hold back early in the day and you're getting left behind, which nobody likes. Uh, and then, you know, it's kind of like patience, staying focused. It's a little bit boring kind of in the middle when you're just kind of eating. You still feel pretty good. Um, and then it's just, oh, my God, that last hour and a half on the marathon when you're like depleted. And you just want to you just want to lie down and stuff. You really need a reason to keep going if if you want to do a fast Ironman. Uh, and that would be and going to the well constantly for that will wear you out, in my experience. Um, unless unless you just unless you're just one of these people that's a total animal when it comes to Ironman. Mm. Uh, and so I think this two year. Uh, thing if if you want to stay in the sport and you're an experienced athlete thinking about having a year where you're going to get fit uh, necessarily use that fitness in Ironman to really help your racing um, the the guys that I know that can really dig um, they can you can you can fit in or you can fit this every other year plan into a life that has you know a spouse and some kids and a job you don't have to kind of become unidimensional and I, I just like that Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think yeah. I've, I've I've matured as a coach um, in a similar way that you sound like you have. Once you have kids, you realise uh, things things change a bit. There's more to life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what what else is happening with Endurance Corner at the moment? Um, I know you're going into your, your off season, but presumably you have uh, you know your regular online coaching rolling through the year, and and also um, your camps coming up. Yeah, this this time of year is a big one for coaching inquiries. I think a lot of people are looking to get themselves set up for next year. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big one. Uh, if anybody needs help locating a coach, just drop me a line. The other thing that we've got coming up is next spring, uh, we're going to run our Tucson camp again, uh, which is always a popular event, a uh, week-long camp down in Tucson. Uh, that one, it, it's balanced training, but really we're about trying to get people some bike miles. Um, it's late Feb, early March. We want to get people's bike up and running. Nice. You cut out there at the end there. Um, awesome. Well, it's always a pleasure having you on the show, Gordo. Yep. And uh, and we know you'll be in some sort of sleep-deprived way at the moment, which is all, <laughs> all good times. Um, and we'll look forward to some more Epic Camp Smackdown talk over the next uh, 15 to 18, or 18 to 24 months. Bring it on. What do you think, John? Awesome. That's what, great. Did think? what did you <laughs> think? Okay. I was just, I was just getting, I was just prepping for. Now I've got the internet here, Bevan. Uh, I, see, that was an advantage of me not being able to connect to your wireless. Is I'd never be able to go and. S- s- I know. Now he's just always distracted. Yeah, just like, like I am right like now. Like looking at some work right I've just done. Exactly. <laughs> um, look, at look at that. I'm a graphic designer, John. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it's it's something. It's a it's a great topic, and it's something I do with a lot of my athletes in terms of um, having a season of structured in a different way. Often having a season of short course racing, um, trying to get out of that rut of just doing Ironman after Ironman after Ironman after Ironman year on year, um, and also a well, to- I think, well, totally. I think the thing is, well, it's not just that you're always doing Ironman. It's that after a while as an athlete, you kind of just 
have the same routine mm-hmm. and you know you kind of your Tuesday long ride maybe the long ride on the weekend long run you know you, it's just a pattern that works for you but it kind of just becomes the same thing mm. and sometimes to step outside of that and you know have, you know go for a year okay I've got totally different objectives and like Gordo was saying I'm going to do a strength phase I'm going to do a run phase you know where you can actually develop other areas that you normally wouldn't get time to that's really valuable isn't it and yep and I think the other key point that came out of this and we, we talk about this a lot is, is as I've developed as a coach as well is, is having that balance in your life you know if you want to do big things in the sport um, it usually requires a long term investment of your time and to do that you've got to have the rest of your house in order you know in terms of work family relationship etc and uh, and so I think Gordo's grasping that a lot better now that he's got three whippersnappers running around as well John I'm noticing you're wearing your Ironman New Zealand qualifier top for 2005 <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's gold <laughs> yeah yeah there's one of the benefits of, of doing Ironman New Zealand and that's being cool. part Nike of the New Zealand too. team this is my um my under cycling top that I wear these days oh so it's just an old school it's you? just old school I didn't wear it for any I wear it as I thought you were showing off I've still got my I keep my you know what I keep my Ironman New Zealand qualifier for Kona t-shirt but not my Kona t-shirt yeah, no, I'm pretty similar. My kind of sort of finishes T-shirt. It was crap. But I have to admit, this year, the case was we were doing the T-shirts, and they were very cool. Oh, were they? Yeah, the year I did it, it was like, mm. they seriously were poor. Mm. But, sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Tell me about it, John. Well, we had um, Xterra at the weekend, Bevan, and Gomez took out the girls' race. Uh, the guys he took race. out the girls' race? Took out the guys' Whoa, race. Oh man. And, was it controversial? Uh, yeah, it was. Gender changing and all that. Um, <laughs> and on the goat girls' side of things, we had X Endurance Leslie Patterson winning again. Oh, really? Cutting it up. Yep. She just cut, crushed it. Was that in Hawaii? Uh, it was in Maui, yeah. And they had, the, uh, you know, they had those... Um, so Gomez went from He Auckland. went from Auckland to Hawaii. Wow. Um, What's the payday there? I don't know. I don't think it's amazing. It wouldn't have gone for necessarily for the payday. It would have gone just for, yeah, again, doing something a bit different, spicing it up a little bit. Um, so she, Leslie smoked it again using Extreme Endurance, and um, she's won a number of titles now, just killing it, as has Matthew Russell. He won Ironman Canada. He's oh, one wow. of the Extreme Endurance athletes. Um, a week after placing third at Ironman Tremblant, and DC United, is that who um, Dave Beckham plays for? Yes. Is it? No, no, he's LA. LA Galaxy, whatever. Yeah. Um, we've also got Extreme, uh, Abd, oops, I missed that one. Abdi, Abdi Adaramahan. Oh, yeah. He's a three time, four time Olympian. Uh, great. What, what, awesome. what distance? What sport? Uh, looked like marathon to me. Oh, wow, okay. He's a runner. Fast, yeah. apparently. Pretty fast. Smoking it. You want to get your extreme endurance, go to xendurance.com. If you want to check out the specials we've got, um, there's a promo code for the extreme omega, and you can get that by going to imtalk.me. Uh, so check, check, check it out. We got lots of good feedback back in Kona from all the guys taking it. And uh, when I get around to getting off my butt and doing our auctions with all the stuff that we've got in Kona, I've got um, some leftover travel packs from X Endurance, which are awesome so check it out xendurance.com check Gen- check check it out focus bevan do you want some music yep <laughs> i'm gonna focus because i don't want you yelling at me <laughs> yeah. you go. wait you ask phil about my rants <laughs> what did he think when you turned up he he, he, he was shocked and dismayed <laughs> shocked and dismayed <laughs> john boy one thing one thing I, I think we need to do on the show uh, joe are you you're gonna put some music in well no because well <sighs> no, i'm gonna talk about this now okay when we interview people, I do get to get quite close to people, mm. as in very close in mm. proximity. And I noticed at the World Champs, John, 
their eye men don't have very good teeth. Mm. And so I'm thinking maybe we need to get dentists on the show. My brother's a dentist. Oh, there we go. Would it be a good interview? Uh, he'd probably be right. Yeah? Yeah. Because, like, I think we have a big problem with teeth in our sport. I agree. I was telling an athlete yesterday, take a toothbrush with your, have a toothbrush in your car. Wait, Joe's going, say bye, babe. Bye, bye babe. Have a good day. <laughs> nice. Um, Wash, brush your teeth after maybe every we, training session. You, you what, But then you're brushing your teeth away. But maybe that's a discussion we need to have with the dentist then. Yeah, because seriously, like nothing against the athletes and all the rest of it, but we do have terrible dance just because we have so much sugar. Mm. And, uh, you know, and it's just, uh, it's, you know, it's a problem. It is. It's, a, it's one of the unwritten problems of our sport. I'll put it on my hit list. If, it, list. if there's any athletes out there that are dentists, um, Tom Evans, he's a dentist. Come on, Tom. Let's, I'll try to get Tom Evans on. Yeah, because... You don't, want to, you don't want to be 50 and have no teeth. You do not. You know? Chicks don't like that. No. Don't dig it. Don't dig it. Okay, so let's put some music on. Age group of the week. We went deep then, didn't we? We did. We went kind of low register. Love it. Got it. This is where we're coming back, a bit of Kona coverage. This is a Kona super special post-race uh, analysis. And we've got to give a bit of love to the fastest uh, um, fastest age group athletes over there. So Christian Mueller from Germany swam. He was the fastest male age grouper overall. He swam 104. He biked 4.43. And then he ran 3 hours and 50 seconds for an 8.54. So he must have, because there's a pretty average swim, he must have been coming through the field. Mm. All day. Oh yeah, big time on the bike, big yeah. time. So four forty three. That's as fast as many of the pro athletes. I remember I was looking at the results yesterday. I think like Tim O'Donnell and guys like that. They were like four forty four. What were the fastest bike times this year? Um, Maybe I can put it up while you're talking. Yeah. So very impressive. And uh, and then on the girls' side of things, what we uh, saw there is we had a Kiwi girl be fastest age group overall, and that's the second time that's happened because I remember that girl from Wellington um, did that. So a few it's not the same ago. girl. No, Hilary Wicks from New Zealand. She swam at 102, so she beat the first male age grouper out of the water. Um, and she rode 516, and she ran 325 for 9 hours and 50 minutes. Fastest age grouper overall. Wow. Very nice. That's amazing. Now, now, you know, to get on the podium at, at the World Championships is a massive achievement. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you've, you've got to be... A bit of a guru, really, don't you? Mm. To win overall, that's amazing, isn't it? It is. That's such a cool thing. So Pete Jacobs... 435. 435. 436. 433 was the fastest. So about 430s, and then the second bunch was about 440s. But you look at guys like Tim O'Donnell, um, 444. Jordan Rapp. 440. Jordan Rapp, 440. So he was basically riding the same pace as the top pro men, um, and he would have been riding probably solo or... Um, not not in a group, so very impressive. Nice work. It's awesome, eh? It breaks your heart, doesn't it? When it you, is. When you kind of think back to your own. So Hillary was seventeenth fastest female overall, and our German friend was twentieth, twenty fourth. Yep. Um, overall, beat Luke McKenzie. Well, it's a different race, but isn't it? It is a different race. Now, Bevan, we did we 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 stuffed up in Kona. We no, did not. We never stuff up, John. We did not do our 33rd picks. Oh, no. But someone emailed me. We had a competition on the show, and Frad 
Fred, 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 I'll say Fred, um, was wondering if he gets a t-shirt because he picked the dark horse. Did he? Yeah. Who's the dark horse? He got Kenai and Tash for fourth. I don't know, we did a competition. He's claiming he won it. He can have a t-shirt if you sort it out. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. Greg Bennett was 33rd. Oh, I'll give him a book. I'll give him that, that book from Mark Cleanhouse. Okay. Yes. Okay, send me through an email. No, I'll get that for you. So What's Greg, this? Greg Bennett was 33rd place. Oh, really? Not fourth. 51 swim, 4.55 on the bike, 3.30 on the run. So do you think Greg Bennett has your Bevan Doherty problem? Potentially. Doesn't have the want. Well, no, he. I think he did have the well, I, don't, I don't know. I was surprised. I thought he was going to do quite well, which is hence why I picked him. Um, did you pick him as well? Yeah, I picked him. I thought he'd do really well because he's a good runner. And, uh, he's a big unit. Greg Bennett? No, he's not. Oh, I thought he was pretty big. Well, Do you know what you noticed? It's just I'm in a big guys, but he was Pots he and guys. Yeah, Pots and those guys are big boys. Pots a massive unit. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with him. No, and I'm pretty tough. You know? <laughs> Tell you. So Greg Bennett was thirty third. God, we're all over this place today, aren't we, Ben? <laughs> it's the first time back in the studio. Rightio. Last uh, Kona recap, um, Torsten's try ratings. I just want to have a really quick look at this to see how he predicted and, and how the athletes are performing. This is the thing. John's got the internet now at the show, and he thinks I'll just do it when I'm then, whereas previously, because he didn't have the internet, he did it with his prep. Yeah. So you've just, you've fallen off the wagon, oh, mate. I have. You I'll used get, to be sharp. I'll get back on it. You know? um, so Torsten, Only one of us can be a <laughs> wagon. <laughs> Torsten has his try ratings, and he's done his post-Kona analysis. Torsten rocks. And... What come, comes up is, is guys like Pete Jacobs, he is the big time Kona racer. When he goes to Kona, he performs. His expected time was 8.47 and he did 8.18. So that really indicates that he's had some, some, some explosions in his, uh, in his time. And uh, when he goes to Kona, he's on. And uh, when he goes to other races, he's not quite so good. Versus Andreas Raylert, who's consistently good wherever he races, uh, his predicted time was 8.24 and he did 8.23. Yes. Um, Within like 40 seconds. Yeah, Freddie, right Freddie Van Laird, he was predicted 8. 8.40 went 8.24 that was a big race wasn't it oh it was for him yeah he's had some, he's had some good ones well, he's won Abu Dhabi but I think the thing with Van Leert is he's obviously a bigger pedigree than we thought mm. because he's had some good races outside of Kona and you know you kind of to be honest I always thought Freddie was going to be one of those guys who you know top 10 mm-hmm. you know like to get a fifth would be amazing but to put off a third mm. you know and the Abu Dhabi race so Oh, you know, he's got this young boy. Timo Bracht was uh, predicted at 8.30.13. He went 8.30.57. Torsten's just a bit loving that. On the girls' side of things, you had Leander Cave. She must have had a few blow-ups in her time as well because she was expected 9.38, came in at 9.15. Uh, Miranda Carfrey's a bit more consistent. She was expected 9.18 and went 9.21. And who else in there? Mary Beth. She was expected 9.26, came in 9.23. Too. Yeah. So you want to check it out? Go to tryrating.com and uh, check it out there. Yeah, wow. If you want to get our t shirts, the Kona t shirts are out. Oh, before we do that, mm. who's going to win Kona next year? Boys and girls, go. From this moment. Girls, um, Caroline Stefan. Boys, um, boys, boys, boys. Uh, Sebastian Kingley. Oh. Love Pete Jacobs, love him. Oh yeah, no, no I think Pete's just put it, yeah. I think Andreas. 
Okay. Yep. Good, yeah. Cool. I've said it for the last three years. He's like, well, <laughs> stick with it. Come on, Andres. Just like Lance with his lies. He's got to stick with it. You're sticking with him. <laughs> Come on, Andres. I still think Andres is the best athlete. Yeah. Yeah. I just he just yeah. hasn't. He's hit, he had two hard races. Hasn't just quite put together. Swim cost him. Yeah. Like you know. Well, I don't know if it cost yeah, him or not. Yeah. It would have been a closer race. But um, I still think at the moment he's the best triathlete in the world. But he's at one corner. Best so. Ironman athlete. Quite qualified. Pete Jacobs is the best. Athlete. But yeah. but when it comes to physical ability. Mm-hmm. The boy is. He's, the thing is, he's, he's just the nicest guy too, isn't he? I wonder if they don't focus on the Europeans so much because he is just such a nice guy in terms of the coverage. Yeah, he's, he's like, guy. like he's just. You know, you, you try to get disappointment out of him, and even like I've been at you know, media conferences where he's had, you know got sick in really close. You know, this year he had a bad swim, and just everything about him, he's just always really positive and always just you know you know I try my best and yeah you know he's he's just got this, he's like if you think about. It, Soul, he's just got a beautiful soul, hasn't he? I just want to give him a hug, John. Um, girls, girls, next year. Mm. Wow, the girls' racing is just so exciting right now. Mm. Batman, Batman. <laughs> come on, Batman. You're such a softie when it comes to the girls. Let's, let's get a serious one for you. Well, Stefan didn't do it this year, and you got your cave did. And, and with cave, you got the feeling this year that confidence mm-hmm. was the thing that got her. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, when you talk to her, it sounded as though she was someone who always lacked a bit of confidence in her ability to back herself. And in the last, you know, when you talk to the people before the race, they were saying, she's a different person. You know, mm-hmm. this is her year. And, and the people who are close to her were picking her, and she did it. So maybe that's going to be something that will move forward. Okay, I'm going to pick Chrissy. Yeah, but Chrissy. <laughs> yep, she's making a comeback. It's a safe one, too, isn't it? It's is a safe one. Because if she turns up, she'll win it. And. If she doesn't, I haven't upset all my girlfriends. Mm. Yeah. So, John, you? I already said Caroline Stephan. Oh, you're just going to carve up that bike course. Oh, yeah. But they all got time penalties this year, so. They did. Yeah. T-shirts, John. Tell T-shirts. them about it. Come on, so, be excited, team. I, I put a post up on Facebook. Um, you can get the links up there, or you can just go to o2creation.com. So the red T-shirts that Bevan and I were wearing in Kona, they've got Kona across the front, I am talk on them. Uh, you can get them now on O2Creation. They're $27 That's US. really, really good price. Yep, it's, and um, a number of countries you can get free shipping. For really? Uh, yep. For a $27 product? Yep. John, and, I love this. And uh, there's a girls' cut and there's a guys' cut. In terms of sizing, um, as I put on Facebook, I, I, I thought they were pretty normal, normal sizing. You know, um, I'm, well, I had a medium, didn't I? Yeah, and I, I think I was in a medium too. And so you were probably on the verge of going into large. Um, I'm not a big guy, but yeah, but nor am I. And the medium uh, fitted me okay. Yeah. So I'd say if you are. If you're between sizes, should I get some? Should I get some measuring tape and we'll take measure? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're between sizes, potentially go up a size if you're normally sort of say if you're just verging do on they, a large do they have a size guide yeah they've got a size guide but you know what size guides are like sometimes um, they're perfect sometimes what sometimes. I hate is when you get one brand like all brands have their own sizing which is all good but sometimes like you go Nike and you get a medium t-shirt and a medium singlet and the medium t-shirt is massive exactly like, let's be consistent with your brand mm. so to, to qualify that um, yeah Bevan and I are both both sort of medium so generally Go with the size that uh, if if you go with the medium more, more, large, more, Euro, more Euro sizing than say American sizing is what I'd say. Well, what about Americans? How do they know what Euro sizing is? Well, they probably need to go almost a smaller size, whereas Euro sizing I think stands pretty consistent. So check it out. Morrison's bought one. O2Creation.com. Because only Morrison, you rock. They're really cool too. Yeah, they're, they're really, really cool. cool. We got lots of good feedback on them. Twenty-seven bucks, John. Yeah. Rightio, Athlinks.com. Jeff Curry, he's got one. 
Is he? Yeah. Good. Good, nice. yeah. Put your, put your photo in, on Athlinks if yeah, you yeah. talk T-shirt. Yeah, definitely. And um, flick it through to us. We, we love seeing that stuff. Um, Righty-ho, athlinks.com. Yes. He's just re- you see what John did there? He refocused. Refocused. Didn't you? Right, righty-ho. Yep. Shopping up. Uh, now I've started looking at my emails. So, so. <laughs> Let's see. That's the problem, John. You can't have your emails on when the show's there. Yeah, I know. Turn your emails off. It's like the phone, John. I'm, I'm telling you off now. Yeah. How many times... I haven't got my phone today. Well, that's good. Yeah. Because how many times over the years... And we're doing interviews in Kona, and John's phone's beeping away. Oh, yeah. Why don't you just have it on buzzer? Let's move on. Um, no, because it was, there was one where I actually got mad at you. I was going to start yelling at you that, in the but street. That's because we had somebody else waiting outside for an interview and she didn't realise where we were because we were going to be by the pool and we weren't by the pool and she didn't know where we were and I didn't want the interview person to leave, interviewee to leave. So and The phone starts ringing. Oh, that was, that was And you had an embarrassed one. look on your face and yeah. I, gave you the, I gave you the angry eyes, didn't and I? And then it rang again. <laughs> and then it rang again. Uh, I'm like, come on, man. Uh, so athlinks.com, um, the perfect place to keep all your results in one, one spot. Uh, and you, as you're going to find out over the next um, few weeks, I've got a 2014 project that's going to start evolving. And, uh, and what I love about Athlinks is then I can go back and I can actually – See all my old results. I'm going to start using them as some uh, some some benchmarks that I need to be beating. Um, but it is the best place for keeping all your results in one place. You don't have to go back. To, if, if races fall over, um, if uh, they change management, your, your results disappear. It's on their database, isn't it? It's all on there, and uh, you can compare all your different 10k times. You can go you know, your 5k times, your Olympic distance times. You can break it down into your Ironman PBs, um, and love it. So check it out, athlinks.com. Get your T-shirt, put on Athlinks, mm. and then send us a link and we'll talk about you on the show. Exactly. Yes. We're and done. if you race Kona, put your results on Athlinks. Because mm. even if you have a bad race in Kona, Kona, it doesn't matter. Because the general population, what happens when you say you do Ironman, John? The general population goes, have you done that Hawaii race? Yeah. Yes. And if you've done Kona, you can say, oh, check out my Athlinks. Yep. What we will do next week. I'll put it on my to-do list. If you get your results up on, um, I'm sure they'll have Kona results up there by now. Um, is And if they don't, you can always do the uh, old, I raced that race and here's my unofficial result. We'll read out a few of the uh, Athlinks finishes from nice. Kona. Good times, rock and roll. Okay, Jombo, questions and answers. And I've actually ch- I've added a couple in here. Oh, you so. have too. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. The joys of Dropbox. Dropbox. That's a good thing. Well, just Kate Driscoll was... Um, now we need to talk about her man's article. Yep. Do you want to do that next week? Yep. Yes, because he had an article in some magazine and he's got the Iron Talk kit on. Mm. Everywhere was rocking and rolling. Anywho, she, last week on the show, when I was in the airport in Hawaii, I was asking around what the volunteers' party's like. Oh, and Kate yes. was there and she sent us an email about it. Yeah. And uh, she's saying, that we, well, it starts off quite similar to the championship um, meal dinner thing. Um, everyone grabs food and a plate and beers and finds a seat. After a lot of volunteers exist in clubs or packs, obviously it'd be like a rugby club or a sports club. For example, aid stations are often owned by a club or organisation. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Like the motorcycle club runs a particular one aid station every year out in the bike course. So that does the, uh, so does the kite club, etc. So they all sit together and it's a real atmosphere. Andrew Messick and people start giving speeches. Pete Jacobs gets up and kind of tells a story and and does all those types of things. They have some entertainment, and it's mental. She's gone basically like early Saturday evening TV shows for families. So, yeah, various volunteers get picked. Also, they've got prizes. It's like the Price is Right. Mm-hmm, you ever seen mm-hmm. Price is Right? 
And uh, so, yeah, so she said it was a really good atmosphere. They do a really good job. And, uh, yeah, so definitely she's saying we should go along next year. Go look after the volunteers. Thanks for that, Kate. Mm. John, did you see that video of the guy on the, on the bike? Yes. That was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. So there's a, I'll put a link to it on our website. Oh, we've done that. You're talking about the guy riding the Pinarello. Um, you, you put it on Facebook, John. Facebook, put it on sorry. our website. Yeah, Facebook. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Pinarello. He's amazing, isn't yeah. he? He would have been. As, a, as I posted on Facebook, if he'd been on Avanti, imagine what he could have done. Oh, man, he would be flying. Yeah. But uh, he, he basically, there's a great clip that's been going, you've probably seen it, but if you haven't, go to our website, imtalk.me. This guy's doing like BMX trips on a on a Pinarello. Mm-hmm. And do you, is that someone knocking on the door? Is it the building next door? It's building next door. Yeah. The building house next door. Um, do you think Pinarello paid for that? Do you think it was an ad? I'm sure he's a sponsored athlete. Um, and it's probably a bit like, yeah, I would have thought they would have. Because they got like a million views. Yeah. It was amazing that, eh? When you're watching, you think, surely not. Mm. And he just he delivered. Um, nickname's John. Yep. I'm gonna have to do mine right now. <laughs> yeah, so he sent you the email saying there's three, I this three morning, and then my computer to do. Three, like your Apple. No, sometimes it doesn't. Ch- uh, long story. Um, <laughs> give me. Wait, I'm gonna pause for a second. I'm back, and I've came up with some. We're names. back, even. Was, oh yeah, I'm easier as well. Um, so, so I'm, you, have you done names as well? Yeah. Well, okay, you go. For one. How many have we got all together? Uh, about eight, nine. You've done. You've done six of them. Some of them were re- repeats. Oh, see, this is what he does. He goes, I'll do six of them. He comes along, he's done one. <laughs> I have actually done oh, one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you go, you, you do a couple. And okay. I'll do one. Colin, uh, the convict Belosky contributed yeah, again. Nice work. Randy, Twin Vines, Stanfield. Where's that come from? He did Vine Man and he did it with his wife. And so Twin, Twin, Twin Vines. Vines. That was one of your ones, wasn't yep. it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've got Ross, was it? Welton? Yep. Ross Welton. And when I heard his name, John, I instantly thought of Josh Wheaton. Yeah. Who I think is the director of the Avengers movie. Could be wrong. There's something Wheaton because he's on uh, on Big Bang Theory. Oh, they talk about him, do they? And he was in Star Wars, I think. Ross Wheaton. Uh, Maybe? Anyway. But, so anyway, Ross, the Avenger, Welton. Yeah, I'm sure he was a director. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he was a director. <laughs> of Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Rob, the spine tingler. Oh, that's green, a good one. Because he's a chiropractor. Did you make that up? I did. That was my I made that one up. That was good. And Rob is off to race Ironman Florida this weekend. You know what? I need a chiropractor right now. Yeah, I'll fly yeah. over to Richmond, Virginia, and come Rob. On, Ross, come on, come here. Was it Ross? What was his name? No, it's Rob Green. Rob Green from Spine Tingling. Mine's got a bit spine tingling right now. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to, uh, I'll give um, Rob a bit of love here. Um, you do your next one, Bevan. Okay. Uh, well, I can't remember what it was. Active it- chiropractic. If you need a chiropractor in the Richmond, Virginia area, go see Rob Green, and he works in with a whole other bunch of providers in the active chiropractic. Is it Sean Gurdies? Yeah, I think so. Sean Gurdies or Sean Gurdies? Yeah. Yep. Sean of the Dead. Nice. You like that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got Scott the Inflictor Rope uh, Burn. I need to make this bigger, Bevan. I can't read my own bloody computer. 125% is what I need. Yeah, yeah. Yep. showing your age. Scott, the inflector, Roeburn. Um, David, you did this one, the green light kid, Row. Yep, he liked that one too. He, he came over to New Christchurch. He came from a running group. Yeah, he's nice. a nice guy. Uh, Raymond, Grandmaster Pinero. That's a good one. And Brad, the Moose Armstrong. Nice. 
Okay. You could make another one for an Armstrong right now, couldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I've got Dave Dwan. And Dave Dwan's one of our coaches in, in our running business. And he's uh, the lead support guy on many Epic Camps. So oh, he's, Dave doing, Dwan. he's doing Epic Camp Kona this year. And Dave Dwan's like Mr. Nice Guy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But we also call him Super Dave. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe we could combine that. Mr. Nice Guy, Super Dave, Dwan. That's a bit long. Well, we could do what we want. Yeah. <laughs> what would you call him? Um... Triple D, Triple D, da- Triple D. Why Triple D? Dave the Dork Dwan. <laughs> oh, come on. He's given us love. Or Dave, Daddy, Dave, Daddy Dwan. Call him Triple D, Triple D. Triple D, okay, Triple D. Triple D. And you can make your own middle and a D there. There you go, Dave. Triple D. Yeah. Super Dave. We call him Super Dave, but Triple D. Didn't see how Dave was racing up there at uh, the ITU Worlds last week. I didn't actually see how he went. Oh, Hellerman's won his race. Yes, no surprise. Harold's Hellerman's now. He is in the 55 to 59 age group. Really? I thought he'd be older. I'll pass that on for well, you. <laughs> you can tell him that. I did, I thought, because he's been around forever. He has. I thought he'd be in the 60s. Um, and he's retired, hasn't he? From work? Yeah. Um, no, not really. He's a full-time coach. Oh, is he? With, oh. The, Dutch, with the Dutch team. But he's, he's a doctor as well, isn't he? Yes, he retired from that. Yeah. I think. Gold show today. <laughs> How long have we been going? It feels like forever. <laughs> Poor listener. No, it's only an hour forty-five. So, John Bowen. Yes. Sponsor. Uh, we're all done. Oh, we're all done. Yep. Sponsors. Athlinks.com. Yes. Put your, your I am talk T-shirt on your profile. Coffees of why. Check out the new website and uh, get some coffee and extreme endurance and uh, make yourself faster, mm. just like the people who do Xterra. Mm. See what they do, John. John, we've been back for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week I was meant to have the week off, and then John rings. You, you didn't really help me there. No, sorry about that. <laughs> so because I, was, you know, we go away to Kona, and it's a big couple of weeks for a week for us. So we kind of we we saved the last show, so we can have a week off when we get back. And I literally get like an email the night beforehand saying I'll be around at seven o'clock. Forgot about that Legends of Triathlon <laughs> interview we had prearranged. <laughs> and I had to cancel stuff. I had, like had things I had to do. I had to change my life around for you, John. Oh, well, we appreciate the audience appreciates. So that we've as got well. we've got Legends of Triathlon coming out. What, tomorrow, Thursday? And the original original winner of um, Ironman, Gordon Heller. Gordon Heller. And uh, there's some interesting stuff around... The politics of... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, which we won't divulge any more than that. Um, but the early years, there was politics involved from pretty well, much... it wasn't even... It was even into the, like, into the 90s. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, the, the, the takeover. They tried to take yeah. over. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, oh. Leave it. Leave it, John. Leave Leave it. It. I always want to talk, John. I always want to talk. John, what have you been doing in the last couple of weeks? I haven't seen you around much. You've been um, getting angry at people on the streets, but other than that, what, what's been happening? It's all good because we came back from Kona and then um, had my uh, – so we got in at uh, like – Oh, you went straight away, didn't you? One in the morning and or two in the morning and then I was up at six looking after the kids and – then had one night at home and then we are up to Auckland and we had a big few days in Auckland. Did it look like Essex shoes? She tried them on literally yesterday. Don't fit. Oh, Joe. Jo. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, I'm going to have a bunch of stuff to, to sell on, on eBay and trade me and stuff. And um, they'll be going up there and all the money's going to go to Challenged Athletes Foundation. So Challenged Athletes Foundation will be getting a little more money. It's all good. Mm. Um, so what else has been happening? So Bevan. You've, you, you, Here you go. Give me the situation. Um, Come on. So last night I was plying Belinda with wine. She got. She was. Uh, loving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, she was getting on her high horse and... Oh. Um, oh, Liz Mills. That's why you got Liz Mills written down here. And her and Jen apparently uh, uh, think that Bevan and I can't handle a Liz Mills class. They what do you just, mean I teach it? Yeah, no, they, they no, say... Phil and you. Phil, Phil and I. So yeah. Said, so Phil, you, you and... You'd not be able to handle Liz Mills class. You just wouldn't be able to do it. I agree. Like, I agree. I agree. Come, to, come do my body attack class. We'll do the old whatever. <laughs> oh, come on then. Whatever. Let's get a challenge on. And, Let's get a challenge. <laughs> and so it's going to have to have to happen at some stage. You're going to have to arrange it. Well, you could scheme it to do RPM. No, no, no RPM doesn't. Belinda did her first RPM the other day. Um, oh, that's interesting. Just because she had a free ticket, she said, "I'm not paying five bucks for this." Because she, she once she once gave me a lecture in the steelway about I'm not paying for a bloody RPM. And she hasn't. I bet she, she loves you, but mm, she wasn't raving. I didn't do my class. That's why. No. Um, so the question is: uh, Is body combat or body attack going to be harder for us? A oh, body attack's a harder workout. Yeah. But what's your coordination like, John? Oh, you're pretty good on dance floor. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. She says we weren't getting any of the coordination. Well. I think we're going to have to do more than one class. No, you, you have to do my body attack class. You have to do my class. Okay. Monday night. Yeah. Monday night, 5.45. This mm-hmm. Last night we'd have 150 people in the room. Mm-hmm. So you can hide down the back. Mm-hmm. She wants to get the TV crew and everything in there and filming us. And uh, Okay, yep, we can do it. We'll make it work. And we can make a, we'll make a YouTube clip around it. And so then, so then I think we probably need to do one as well because she thinks we wouldn't be able to do step, even, even do oh, step. Oh, you won't be able to do step, John. You don't do it. You'll roll an ankle. <laughs> so she said, she says, I want to be there when you fall off the step. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows, John? Because the thing is, you don't know until you've done it. Yeah. And you may turn up and you may, because you know who's been doing it lately? Who? Darren. Right, Darren Leslie. Yeah. 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 And, he's, and, and he came along the first class and he falls off his bike all the time. Well, Darren. you know what, John? He's not falling over in body attack. He's pretty sharp at body attack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was really impressed because normally when someone comes to a class, you say, look, it takes for, for the more simpler programs like RPM or a pump or something like that, it's one or two classes. For a movement program, you know, a coordinated person, one or two classes, less coordinated person, five classes, and then a real unco person, you look at about 10 classes. When I started, I was really uncursed. I was like a 10-plus class guy. But Darren turned up, and I thought, oh, oh you know, because you, you know, I know him from another mm. world, and you kind of want to make sure he's going to be okay. And I thought, oh, come along. Came along, first class, nailed it. Mm. He was like one or two class guys. Now he's a bit of a regular, and he's smashing it. It's a piece of cake. It's going to be a piece of cake. I'm happy to take that challenge. I can't wait. We'll sort yeah. it out next week, Monday night. Yeah. Get the kids sorted. Yes. The Les Mills challenge. Oh, you know what you could do? What? Just get on stage with me. <laughs> Here we go. Don't know about that. <laughs> come on, Yusim. Come on up, I'll say. Okay. Yeah, that might discourage your regular customers. <laughs> so that's going to happen. Um, and that's about it. Bevan, what about you? I'm not going to Australia. I'm there the week. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I was about to, it was in my inbox, about to reply. Are you going or not? I cancelled. So, got Marilyn McDonald coming on the show on the 13th. John, I'm, I'm sick of being away, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you know what John and I did? What was called a nice thing? Date night. No, we don't do date nights. No. Because we don't have you kids. Have kids. Yeah. Yeah, too. You don't need to worry about that crap. You can just go out whenever you want. That's great. <laughs> well, I've got a kid, but she's older. They mm. look after themselves. But we did one of those milk books. What? Milk book. Milk book. It's you a book. lost me. It's a photo book. I'll go get it. You talk. You Wait. You, 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 you tell them what you think a milk book is. I've got no idea what a milk book is. It may be something to do with uh, putting photos together or... A European tour milk book. 
So it's a book. It's a, it's a, it's a photo book. Photo it? book, but it's a high-end one. We did pay a lot for it because it's like 130 bucks. Mm-hmm. But, but look at it, John. Oh, very nice. Yes. Yeah. Look at that. Your work is to discover your world. Okay. And we even put little captions in there. Nice. It's beautiful, John. Oh, nice. look at that. There is me, yeah, St. Peter's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, uh, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. You can also do this at photobook.co.nz. No, but they're not as good. Yeah, well, no, you, you look after photobook.co.nz. Why, who's Photobook? Do they sponsor you? Yes. Oh, here we go. There's always a plug. <laughs> well, my milk book, look at that. Yeah, nice. Beautiful, John. Beautiful. And Joe and I, we made it together. It's nice. Actually, it was a really cool thing to do. If you go away on a trip, because often when, you, when, you, when you're when you young, you go away on a trip, and what do you do? Mm-hmm. You party at night time, don't you? Mm-hmm. And then you sleep in the morning, and then you recover and party again. When you get to your mid-30s, John, you're not doing that, are you? No, you're not. You, you, you'll, you'll do most of your activities during the day. Mm-hmm. You'll do a dinner, mm-hmm. maybe do a night walk. You're mm-hmm. home by 9.30, aren't you? Yeah. You know? And sometimes when we were overseas, halfway through a trip, I said, babe, we need something, you know, something just to do at night. So I looked online for photo books, a milk book, I do books, and uh, mm-hmm. they do good ones. So, and I thought, if you want to do it, you must pay, pay top end and get good ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, so every night, we just kind of work towards this book. And then when we got back, we still had about another week of work to do to make it work. Mm-hmm. It was quite a nice shared experience, John. Okay. There's a lot of love happening in our relationship. Good. And then yesterday, yeah. the book turned up. Oh. And we just and we even sat down. Joe shed a tear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Joe you know and I sing that. Tyler and I sing that song. Oh, yeah. Do you know yes. that song? Yeah. Jim uh, Jim Rivers. No. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. Hallelujah by Lena Cohen, isn't it? Hallelujah. No, there's a girl that sings it as well. Oh, lots of people sing it. Mm. Yeah. Rufus Rainwright. I think that's who sang it originally. There was I'll take it. I played on a guitar. Do you want to do it now? No. Uh. I want to wrap this show up. I can keep talking. Put it to bed. Okay. We've still got to do a few other things. I'm going to do a legend. So again, Legends of Triathlon. And this month for the auction, we have a tri-suit and a special gift from Blue 17. Oh, it was a gift. It was yep. a tri-suit this month. A tri-suit. And then you get, uh, you get something else thrown in there as well. Something worthwhile. In do you there. know what the gift is or is it just like a magic surprise? It's a magic surprise. What's the best gift you've ever had? Um, a gift of love from my wife. Even. <laughs> okay. Oh no, that's why you're doing body attack with her. What's the best? What's the best I don't thing know. you've ever found? Um, a fifty dollar note. Really? No, I don't know. Here we really don't seem to show, so I'm just gonna keep asking up. questions. John. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's do it. Do you want? Can you smack me in the head? Okay, then I'll John, do that for do you. Do you think? Do you think brownies are drugs? <laughs> So listen to Legends of Triathlon. It's coming out later in the week. We'll be back next show, week. We're normally better. And I'll turn my email off next week so I won't be so distracted. Yeah, come on. And do your prep. And I'll do my piece. Come on. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.